Can we count on you? <laughs> Fellas. The frog's ass watertight. Yes, we believe it is. Wrecked him. It nearly killed him. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know when you got an opening coming. <laughs> you say good something rectum, brilliant. A good rectum joke. A good rectum joke will always brings do. people together. Yeah, in the uh, holiday spirit. What was uh, the other one from uh, Alien Nation? If this is my, uh, if this is my pen, where's my thermometer? Yeah. <laughs> no one gives Alien Nation enough love out there. Do that. That's not what we're talking about today. But I just want to put that out there that Alien Nation. I always was a get Alien movie. Nation confused <laughs> with the. One with with uh, the guy from Digstown when he's on the planet and he has the baby. Which guy from Digstown? Uh, Lou Gossett. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Enemy Mind. Enemy Mind, yeah. Enemy, yeah, those are completely, totally different. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> one Lou Gossett gives birth. <laughs> the, other one, yeah. the, uh, the other one, you have to hit him under the armpits. <laughs> to, he drinks uh, the sour milk, him. right? In the sour milk, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, James Is Conn. that Manny Patankin? Manny Patankin nice. and James Conn, man. Hell yeah. I love that. That was a good movie. Yeah, it was a fa- fantastic movie. People totally Very, very that. underrated yep. movie. Yep. We used to watch it a lot. It played it. They played it at nauseum. It was on like one cable. part. It was like one part V, one yep. part... They live. Speaking of which, part. I just got V. It's on. It's in the TV show? in the mail. It's weird because you you think of the With Robert there's a, England. There's a TV series and then there's a movie that's yeah. like three hours long. And uh, so I got the three hour long movie, and I have a feeling I wish I had the TV show because yeah, Robert England's in it. I, also, I had a crush on that brunette. Oh, the Diana. The yeah, one when I was in because yeah. I remember. I know the exact time. Where, I was going to the elementary school. Yeah, me too. I was in like second grade. I was in like I remember fourth grade. Uh, I was so. afraid of the lizard people yeah. ripping their mm-hmm. faces off. And I had only heard about it until I saw it. And then I saw that they had, I still want that toy. That toy that you can oh, rip yeah, the face yeah, yeah. off. Oh, it's, it's, they ate like guinea pigs, right? Huh? They ate guinea pigs. Uh, is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah, I have to rewind. Mark, Mark Singer Mark is the Singer main star of it. Yeah, it was good. They, they remade it too with the... Uh, the girl from the Firefly and Homeland, uh, okay. the redheaded's wife from Homeland, yeah, yeah, she yeah. played Diana. Yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe they, they had to have done a, uh, a decent job with it, but I always loved the idea of that, like, hidden aliens underneath yeah, your like skin. they live. Yeah, like they live. <laughs> Except they don't rip their faces off, which is the best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I had bought a bunch of stuff this week. I had found... Uh, because I, I, I follow a search of like discs only because they're, I bet you do. because they're super cheap, and I've I've been waiting for so long for this to happen. I've never even seen it before. Is the uh, five hour DOS boot just dropped? I've only seen the director's cut. There's an unedited cut. That four has hours five. isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's what it was. The, the director's cut was three we'll hours, and this one is like four hours and forty five minutes. So I, you I know ordered it. That's good for like you don't. I, it's a hard one because you have to. Watch the subtitles. Those movies you are can't good just for when you're cooking all day. Yeah, like I had. Uh, what I, was I put the my one laptop up on the counter. I had watched one that when I made uh, sauce like a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't. I, I was intending to watch Goodfellas, and then I had not put it on. I put something else on. I can't remember what it was though. I kept jumping up and down. But yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so I hope everyone loved our uh, our X Men pod. I know I did. I always love the superhero ones. They're Dave's favorite. 
I, you, you know what the funny thing is? Is I already have a speech about how, like, for later on, yeah. about how much I don't like superhero movies. Yeah. But I also, when I was thinking about my speech, <laughs> I was thinking of X Men as one I do. Yeah, yeah. Because it, great, they're mutants, they're not superheroes. It's different to me. You know, when they put on the yellow suits and go fighting, they kind of superheroish. I know, but they're, they <laughs> they come from a, they come from an outcast. So it's the radioactive spider that you have a problem with. <laughs> it's the radioactive. It's it's gamma rays, all that. Yeah, <laughs> man, it, you'd be it'd be great to be into that stuff now because uh, uh, not to go on a superhero tangent, but they are uh, they have realized what they should be doing with multiverses. Yeah, and did you hear this week they hired back Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, I did. Uh, what's his name, uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, all the people in those Sam Raimi Spider-Mans yeah, yeah. are coming back for the non-Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, I, uh, the uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man. So it's weird that they've worked in the multiverse, and they're going to have three Spider-Mans in one movie. So it's going to be a mind-blower. And I couldn't care less. Oh, man, it's going to be I fun. really couldn't. Yeah, people are going to Like if I never saw another superhero <laughs> movie ever, ever, literally ever. Uh, except for the X-Men. I mean, I could sit through another X-Men because movie. The, did you ever get to see Logan? I liked Logan. Logan was great, man. Well, Boyd Hallbrook is the reason that movie was really, really good I just, for some reason, I really, really liked the X-Men. Yeah. But that's it. That literally is it. Yeah. They really are down to earth, especially the uh, the Logan ones and everything. I mean, there's some goofy ones in there, but there's some really, really good ones. Uh, but today, today we are talking about little Ronnie Howard. Little <laughs> Obi Cunningham. That motherfucker's been in Hollywood since oh Hollywood God. was invented. Shit, man. Since super young. I, I had seen him in an episode of Dennis the Menace, and it even must have been before Opie. Opie. Because he was super young, and they didn't even mention him, and he was such a throwaway character. Yeah. And I was like, uh, why is Ron Howard on the screen here? And it must have been the same year, maybe, that Andy Griffith came out, because people forget that he started with Andy Griffith, then he went to Happy Days, and then he started working with Roger Corman. Yeah. Uh, and then Roger Corman gave him, we're, we, narrowed this down to 12 that we could have easily done 20 here uh and we could mention uh the other ones but i'm not going to go in depth on them yeah like I when he that, uh that uh i started buying those again i started buying those again they're like the afi director series and they're each an hour long and yeah the one i lent you was obviously the ron howard one and it goes through his career in an hour and i have uh, uh I have only the through like one. 96 yeah 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 they stopped making them after a while but i have the clint eastwood one the west craven one the cronenberg one i have terry gilliam uh uh uh, Sydney Pollock. So I've got like 10 out yeah. of the 20 now, and they're It'd fun It'd be cool now, to man. get all the actors to sit down and talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would be really fun. It, an updated one We're of those would be great. being invaded by, like, some kind of like biker gang, like, on mopeds. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll that add to the, uh, the yeah. ambiance, because <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, like... Before he had a big hit, and it was one of my favorite moments from the Cronenberg documentary, is... Uh, he had worked for Cronenberg on a couple things, and he gave him the opportunity to do Grand Theft Auto before it was a game. Uh, peeps, out I was there. thinking about it, man. I wish. <laughs> they, I wonder if they kept the name rights to that. Yeah, I know. I mean, they would have made money. Uh, that would have been a smart Cronen uh, or uh, Roger Corman, Corman uh, Roger Corman type of thing to do. Yeah, too. Cronenberg and Corman mix up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently the story was that uh, Cronenberg. Uh, yeah, I did it again. Uh, Corman came to <laughs> one is, Ron Howard. One, one is a low-budget filmmaker, and the other is <laughs> is a complete weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're probably argument. both weirdos. There's an argument to say they both. <laughs> they're are. both weirdos, but one of them, one of them likes 
body horror. Yeah, body horror. Yeah, and the other one sure. does not. <laughs> the other one has no interest in it. <laughs> Can it be done cheaply? Then I like yeah. it. Uh, so Roger Corman came to Ron Howard and said, hey, I want to have you direct uh, this movie. We got uh, the script for it. It's called uh, Grand Theft Auto. And he was like, ah, I don't know what I want to do. And uh, Corman said to him, he says, hey, you do this one flick for to me, and then you'll make money, and then you won't ever have to work for me again. And he says, and this will start you off. And he says, all right, I'll do it. And they, they gave him a lot of leeway. <laughs> the prospect of never having to work for you yeah, again. Yeah, well, no, he loved him. I mean, he first he started him out. He gave him his his uh, chance when he wanted to become a director. Obviously, being on Happy Days and all those really kicked him in the gear. And now he's obviously one of the best directors we've I ever mean, had. I mean, he already in his family was is all in too. Oh yeah, yeah. His his brother, mom his mom, his dad. dad. They're in. A, they're all over his movies and everything. And his brother has done more movies than than most character actors out there. I just remember the MTV yeah. Movie Awards. Oh yeah, with him when they gave it to the Clint. To Clint, yeah. And they just showed Clint, <laughs> yeah. and they showed a shadow, and then they cut to him. And yeah, like, yeah. Thinking Eastwood's gonna yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a great story that once Grand Theft Auto came out. Uh, I think CBS bought it. The rights to it is what the story was. And so Cor- uh, um, Corman calls uh, Ron Howard and says, hey, just sold uh, gr- the rights to Grand Theft Auto. He says, uh, your uh, 10%, your uh, your 8% is looking pretty good right now. He says, my 92% is looking goddamn wonderful. <laughs> because Roger Corman kept everything, you know, all the percentages yeah. for himself. I mean, himself. that's the only way so, to do it. And, and Apparently the eight percent was really good for uh, for, that. for Ron Howard. So I it I think the sale of that really made uh, Roger uh, Corman's like career to be able to make all those crap movies. If you that saw we all Corman loved. at a grocery store, you would think he'd be like an accountant, yeah, or a lawyer. Or... I would know him, but he's still alive too, still alive and kicking. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Ron Howard's been making great movies ever since then too. So we're gonna start with, and we got like twelve great flicks on here, and we eleven. Can, uh, 11? No. Oh, no, no. See, Dave's going to shit on one of these, and I, I'm going to argue that. I don't, I don't know why he's shitting on it yet, but we will find out. It's the last one on the list, too, so you're going to have to hold hold with us to find out what Dave's going to shit on. Uh, it's obviously something at the end of uh, uh, his career, and it's not, it has uh, nothing it's to not do the Da Vinci him. Code, because we left it, We actually left the Da, Vinci the da Vinci Code, code. Off, the, uh, off the list here, just because it was getting too long, man, and there was a couple of these we haven't talked about in a while, and there's a couple we just can't leave off. We can off. substitute... Da Vinci Code for number 12. No, 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 no. I love number 12. I don't know what you're talking about. If you, if you look at it from simply just from an action standpoint, it's fucking phenomenal. Uh, all right. Let, My let problem with it has nothing to do with Ron Howard. Huh? Oh, okay. Is it the... It was a true story. It was told differently. No, we'll, we'll, unless you want to start with that. Well, nope. <laughs> okay. We'll start at the beginning. His big, big movie, 1982's Night Shift. Sticks with the Fonz. T- teamed up with the Fonz. It was the first time we got to see Henry Winkler as that that tiny, neurotic Jewish guy that we never got to see him play when he played the Fonz. The Fonz, he, he commanded, like, coolness. Oh, yeah. And he was the he was epitome the, of coolness. He was the epitome of coolness. Shark, even then, man. He had his leather like, jacket on. Even there, he's got it. his leather jacket on. He's jumping. You jumping sharks? No, I don't think you're jumping sharks. <laughs> I had to explain to my wife. She knew that term, but she didn't she know didn't what know that what term from. came from. And I think a lot of people don't know what that term came from. Unless you were in the 70s watching the Fonz literally jump sharks with his speedboat. Uh, How else would you think? The speedboat, the, I mean, would you think that term? came from yeah i know <laughs> i don't know uh, i i bet people today know it but don't know it so uh night shift really great his first outing with uh michael keaton who is probably his favorite actor uh, i think he's said several times that michael keaton is his favorite yeah. uh, actor that he's used and he's used him in a lot of They're different good movies. friends yeah. in that documentary they talked about how much they just sit around and talk yeah yeah, and they they've done several movies together. Even some later ones that I don't have on the list, like The Paper, mm-hmm. uh, starred him, which was almost could have been a prequel to uh, 
the spotlight because yeah. he's he's literally minus in that minus room. the the priest close fist fight <laughs> close fist fight and the priests molesting the little boys yeah, but other than, the other than that they're identical the, yeah. <laughs> it's like i was looking in a mirror <laughs> night shift though night shift had one of those weird premises but that was so funny man i watched it recently and i forgot how much i loved it i, I also love the great um shelly duvall on Shelly Long, Long. Sorry, I always confuse those two. Uh, also, two completely different people. You shouldn't. But in one the in the eighties, Troop Beverly Hills. Uh, and the yeah, other true. one <laughs> was the Shining. Was, well, the other one <laughs> the shouldn't need. talk when Jack's typing. <laughs> the other one needed a lot of iron <laughs> because she was a little. Yeah. <laughs> she was a little she pale was, there. She was a little. I love her too, though. Uh, but Shelly Long, man. I, I grew up watching Shelley Long oh, and pit. Cheers and The Money Pit and Troop Cheers. Beverly Hills and, and Cheers uh, Outrageous Fortune and just so many great movies. And uh, she doesn't do a whole hell of a lot now, but she was amazing back in uh, in she doing Night the, Shift. Yeah, she yeah, was. She was, uh, she was a catch back then. And so what we have is we got uh, uh, Henry Winkler is playing like a really kind of weak, kind of mild-mannered Basement dweller. Uh, basement dweller who's just trying to get married to his, his so wife. So drive around, just pick up stiffs, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they work at a, a, a mortuary. mortuary or, they, a, or a medical examiner's office. Yeah, medical examiner's office, and it's it's really only three people. It's Bobby DeChico, mm-hmm. who he's used in several movies. He used him in Gung Ho also, but Bobby yeah. DeChico was the guy who could really dance in 1941 mm-hmm. really good. And uh, so... It, at the beginning, it was just Henry Winkler or Bobby Chico working, and they ended up hiring a new guy that happened to be the nephew of the owner. And Michael Keaton came in, and this was the first time we just got to see Michael Keaton be a wild yeah. man. Yeah. Did you do you remember the documentary that you let me? Yeah, yeah, I watched it with uh, when they talked about the the producers hated him. They thought he was all yeah. over the place. Yeah, that's and what you want, though. Ron man. Howard cut a few scenes together yeah. and says, "Here's what he is when I edit him." Yep. <laughs> and they're like, okay. There's a lot of but times they, like they were, that. He's like, the movie was going to get shut down. Yep. Kevin Smith had to go through the same thing when they didn't like Jay from Mallrats, and they were like, we got to we got to do his stuff first so the other producers will see the footage with him and see how funny it was because Kevin Smith was pretty open. They said they wanted to replace him with Brecken Meyer like every day, and they wouldn't even pay for his hotel room. They had, He had to sleep in like the floor of other actors' uh, yeah, hotel he's rooms. He's probably doing that already. They were like, we'll let him in there, but we're not paying for him. He's I was probably, like, what the fuck? He probably slept on people's floors anyways. Oh, shit, yeah, but now he's <laughs> he's got some serious dough, man. He lives... Down the street from Kevin Smith, they walk dogs. <laughs> Not anymore. Now he's completely sober and he's got yeah. uh, kids. And no, he he's is, talking. Uh, he yeah, talks yeah. about yep. being him being sober and living down the street from him. Yep, he's a great. Uh, he's got a good life now, and just those residual checks are paying the paying the bills. They, I mean, he's uh, not as busy. Not as to get Kevin. too far enough to t- tangent, but Kevin Smith directed a few Supergirls. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he's good friends with her and too. He directed the Flash. Yep. And he got Jason on one of the. Fl- he had him come in and do an episode. Yeah, yeah. The they came in. They came in together as the uh, the Jay and Silent Bob characters playing security guards in one episode. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny how they just can do that type of weird stuff. Uh, but back to Ronnie Howard, man. So it, it's a great premise. So yeah, Michael Keaton comes in the room and he's a wild man. Remember, he's holding the hey, the nice uh, frame. <laughs> nice shoes. <laughs> he's holding the uh, the recorder though, and he yeah. remember any major thought he has, he records it, and he's like tuna fish, feed mayonnaise to the fish and you don't have to add it later and then he will click it on and he'll all these brilliant ideas that aren't brilliant but he just he's a he's an idea man you know and one of his ideas is hey (laughs) sounds like twin peaks guy remember when twin peaks he had the oh yeah yeah yeah. he had that thing so 
their idea was, you know, why don't we, at first, uh, he started doing that, like, limo service where Michael Keaton that night would drive people to the prom in the hearses. And remember the first guy was Clint Howard? And uh, (laughs) he gets him in the car and says, hey, you like music? He says, yeah, I like music. And then he just starts uh, humming the uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash song. And he starts singing it the whole way to the prom. (laughs) It was hilarious. And then after that, so Henry Winkler uh, lived with his his overbearing kind of uh, fiancé and he ends up starting to get eyes for this uh, for Shelley Long, who lives like a couple doors down in his building, and it turns out she's a prostitute. So he ends up getting uh, kind of connected with the prostitutes there, and then the the idea it's comes, a hard sell. The the idea for comes her being in a prostitute. Yeah, but it, that's what kind of got him on board is because Shelley Long was was part of it. Is uh, Michael Keaton came with the idea and says, hey. We should be pimps. He says, you know, these girls need somebody. They're getting beat up. He says, we got this kind of opportunity with the... Uh, we work uh, at night. <laughs> we work at night. We got these opportunities with the limos, and we can drive these people around, and we could become pimps. And that's exactly what happened. They just become these pimps uh, working outside of the uh, thing, and then they have to deal with rival gangs, and they got to deal with all these different uh, prostitutes and everything. It's a very funny premise for a movie that yeah. worked... I don't know. If it's very do clever, it nowadays, man. But... And then Harry Winkler gets like the pimp hat and everything yeah. on, and it's it's a really really gr- uh, great movie. Uh, some of my favorite parts, man. They end up throwing uh, throwing this crazy frat party at the uh, at the what mortuary and everything and they're like uh, people like losing their virginity there. Clint Howard, remember they uh, they. Uh, Henry Winkler comes and gets really pissed off. What is going on here? We shouldn't be having this. And he says, you guys have no respect. There are dead people here. Their loved ones are grieving them. He says, and then they're they're all like looking at him like he's crazy. He says, hey, you want to see something nasty? He said, this guy came in yesterday and he, he doesn't even have his face or something like that. And he opens the door and it's like Clint Howard losing his virginity to, mm-hmm. uh, to a huge, busty, naked girl. And that <laughs> pops out of the thing. And then everyone cheers him and everything. And uh, uh, Henry Winkler has to leave. Oh, tons of nudity. Did it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons of nudity. That's probably why Dad wouldn't let us see it. Yeah. We weren't allowed to see it until until at night. <laughs> you just sneak watch it on HBO and everything because this was yeah. one of their favorites. Man, they loved Michael Keaton. They loved uh, Henry Winkler and everything. Yeah, I had no problem him watching nudity. Who's Bastard. that? Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it introduced us to Michael Keaton, man, and the Wild Man. And back then, people forget he was closer to Robin Williams was, and mm-hmm. he didn't. He didn't have that persona for long, you know. He 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 was the wild man in that. Obviously, he was the wild man in Beetlejuice and a little bit in Gung Ho, which we'll talk about in a little. And he was uh, in wild Spotlight hair. too. What's that? He was in Spotlight. Yep, and he was in Spotlight too. So uh, he uh, he really became that Birdman. Yeah, the Birdman was, was crazy great. for him too, and he keeps working and he's coming back as the vulture for the uh for the superhero movie yay uh, yeah. I'm well i'm still holding out because you watch they're gonna bring him back for batman he's gonna play old man batman when they decide old man to batman? Do it. yeah because it's i mean they're not gonna roll off the tongue yeah it doesn't not not batman. as like old man logan old man logan kind of does roll off the tongue yeah. but there is and i've t- me and justin have talked about it there's a great series yeah there's a great series called uh the dark knight returns Dark as hell, but he's like sixty, and he has to put the cowl back on, and he has to go fight crime with this with Robin, who's played by a young girl, and it's a really great story that they've never remade in in movies. They they touched on little bits and pieces of it before, but they never really hit it. And the way they're doing these multiverses now, and they're bringing these old people back, uh, and you should see if you I don't know what speech it was, but he Michael Keaton went and did a speech Glenn for Gary. for something. It was uh, a speech for. Maybe a university, and at the very end of the speech, he he looked in the camera. He says, "Oh yeah, and by the way, I am Batman." 
<laughs> that's how Did he ended it. Did you see that uh, Dark Knight got voted into the national Yeah, national uh, registry. Th- that's a big thing, too. Uh, and They only they don't take Clerks, much. last year, Clerks got named in it, and it was huge. That's like, crazy. they do the right thing in Clerks. Just ones that have, like, cultural, like, Quirky significance. time uh, significance. Yeah, yeah, the significance. And they, they only accept, like, 20 a year, I think, yeah, like that. It's, and they, it's probably even less than that. And, like, 18 of them you haven't heard of. You're yeah. looking through the n- names, and you're like, I've never heard any Some of these. Some of them are And then the Dark Knight's just obscure. thrown in the middle of it and everything, and you're like, oh, well, that's cool. I mean, Dark Knight deserves it. It was a uh, fantastic movie. So those movies you like. I mean, but those are more grounded. He's just he's just a rich dude with toys <laughs> wearing a costume. Yeah. He doesn't, I, it's he, just lately I don't like him. Yeah. You just don't like people getting powers. If, if they're themselves just the wearing... Mo- because the he's more of a vigilante. Like. vigilante. I don't like. I don't, what? I don't like the movies either. Yeah, Not I mean, just the premises around them. I just don't like that. I think there's some of those marvels. I don't like marvels. that genre. You don't like Guardians of the Galaxy either. Have you seen those? Garden Galaxy was okay because it—that's when they—they've started to get really good at them. Like I can understand you not liking the superheroes in the '90s and everything, but they—they become pros at like doing Avengers, these things I now. Really, the Avengers stuff I really don't like. Yeah, but when they got down to like Civil War and everything, it started getting really good with their uh, with their stuff. Uh, General Zemu, he was played by the uh, the guy from uh, from Rush. Uh, he was great in it. <laughs> but, yeah, Night Shift, man. Anything else you want to mention about Night no. Shift? It was awesome. Yeah. Check it out. It's very – not many people mention Night Shift, you know? It was one of those early comedies that you rarely hear anyone talk about. So, it, And you certainly don't think of Ron Howard. Well, this next one, this is one to put him on the map. This is the one that just, like, he had tons of money coming in. He he brilliantly cast it with uh, the, the most likable guy in Hollywood, and that's 1984 Splash. Who was fairly unknown at that time. Yeah, he had, he had been, been known for and Buddies and uh, some minor stuff here and there. But when it's he funny did Splash, that we watched – He's about the only, one of the only actors where I've watched him's career chronologically. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of times I'll see something and then like, oh, he did movies for the last five years. And then you got to go back and And then you go back him. and watch him. This, I watched the TV show before I ever saw him. In oh, yeah, yeah. And Michael Keaton was similar to that way, I think, that we, we were watching in that kind of order. But Splash was huge for us. It was on HBO all the time. such a huge crush on Daryl Hannah. I did this much. I think she was cute, and I I made sure I was always in the room where she walked out of the water and you got to see her ass. But... Uh, uh, which was which was big for Daryl well, Hannah because Daryl Hannah Brazil, was pretty. Right? I, I hate to use the word prudish, but she she kind of was, uh, where she was very. Uh, she didn't want to do nudity. She didn't want to uh, do certain things in movies, and she was known as being a little bit difficult. Uh, mainly with Oliver with Stone. Oliver Stone had problems with her and with Meg Ryan big time because they wouldn't do which I mean, basically Stone what uh, Wall Street. Remember, he had always said that he he should have cast. I can't believe he still said this. If you watch the interview in the, in the, in the, on the, the documentary, cut. he's he's like, yeah, he says I made a mistake. I shouldn't have put Daryl Henner in that part. I should have put Sean Young in that part because Sean Young would do whatever the hell I asked her. Yeah. <laughs> Which we all know that <laughs> to be true. <laughs> Sean Young would do anything I asked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we Sean. may call her afterwards. <laughs> hey, Sean, you want to dress up in that Catwoman outfit again and make a fool out of yourself on national TV? I'm already doing it. <laughs> I don't even know what she's doing. The last thing I saw her in was um, the uh, what was the Kurt Russell one with uh, uh, that Kurt Russell one where they uh, slice the guy up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the really nasty one where they went after the uh, oh. troglodytes. Um, uh, damn, I can't think of the name of it. You know what I'm talking about? Though. I do know what you're talking about. It, it's uh, really Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. She, she had that minor role at the beginning where she was the woman at the bar, mm-hmm. just talking at, at the bar uh, before they all went out after the uh, the missing girl. And I was like, holy shit, that's Sean Young. I was like, I haven't seen her in forever. But yeah, so Splash, though. Let's talk some Splash. John Candy, Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. 
tons of like really really funny Clay actors. Uh, obviously, yeah, Daryl Hannah, really great. You know, really interesting story. You know, and you forget the beginning of that where he was saved as a little kid. Yeah. He was he was out in it was a very Massachusetts Cape Cod type movie. So he was out at the beginning when he was younger, like nine years old. He ended up going overboard of this huge uh, like whale watching boat or something like that. And when he was underwater, he was saved by a mermaid. So he always by had a that young version. By, of the yeah, Hannah. young version. And then like they grew up on the same timeline. So yeah. And so later on when he grew up, the, the beginning was only like five minutes and then it jumped forward and he's like a greengrocer with his brother who's kind of a fuck up. Remember, I'm in Playgirl magazine <laughs> when he drives into the uh, the dock where they're getting all the vegetables in and everything. And he's super excited because his, his uh, penthouse uh, or his Playboy letter, uh, penthouse, Playgirl, his uh, Playgirl letter had been posted on it. And so he bought like <laughs> 10 copies of it. Uh, John Candy was so funny in this movie, I, man. One of the funniest things of that documentary that you lent me was uh, they had a table read at Ron Howard's house in Encino. And, and, and Tom Hanks is like, there was animals around it's like there was beavers in his backyard he's like it was just weird and he's like i remember sitting down and he's like my goal here is to be the funniest person at the table yeah. and then ron howard pulled me aside and he's like you're here to fall in love with daryl hannah you're not gonna get more laughs than john candy yeah, yeah. Get. john candy's here for that job <laughs> yeah, yeah brilliantly said too that's a that's a director that's been around forever that's yeah. realized what i mean he had to do that during uh uh, all his like acting stuff, Ron Howard. I mean, you're Richie Cunningham. You have a like traditional kind of way you're supposed to do this. You're not gonna look cool. Fonz is here to look cool. You're here to move the story line. Ralph is here to look swarmy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ralph Mouth, the, uh, the what's the other guy, the the singer, uh, Amon. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, damn, uh, Potsy. Potsy's here to uh, be the dreamy one who can sing. You know, you're just. I just the, like you're this, the, they, I'm the two, goody two. They don't like Scott Bayo now because oh, they all hate him. Uh, he's a trumpet. Henry right? Winkle. Was still comment on stuff that's not that's very bland if it's like scott bayo's like making a turkey or something like that and henry winkle will, will choose that to be like hey it looks good scott and that that'll be he it. wants to sort of but he's a big yeah. trumper right oh huge yeah i mean huge so you kind of shoot it's one of those things that. is in the, and i hope we don't lose a fan for this but <laughs> if you tell me you're a big trumper I just can't be friends with nah, you. Nah, it's, it's gotten to the point now. It, it would have been different four years ago. Yeah. I'd have been like, oh, okay. You told me you yeah. like Bush. I'd make fun of you for liking Bush, but I wouldn't dislike you as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but now it's just, it's off the rails now, and it's you like, can't okay. take anyone serious yeah. when it's <laughs> when it's that way. So it's got to suck when you're a celebrity. That's why most celebrities, if they think it, they ain't going to say it, because then you're going to look like Bayo, or you're going to look what even worse. You're going to look like John Christians Voight. Like John Voight and James Woods, they yeah. just shot themselves in the foot, man. Yeah. Those guys are hard to, I, I mean, I won't, I won't not watch Digstown or not watch Midnight Cowboy and everything, but I'm not watching their new shit. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to even hire them for their new shit. Yeah. They, they basically did career suicide on that. So, But Tom Hanks, this skyrocketed him, man. This was funny, dude. This was... So... So when he's he's grown up, he gets really drunk and he goes to, uh, down to the Cape again, and he ends up going to the water and he gets saved again by the, by the mermaid. Then she comes out of the water, and the the story was that when she's in the water or when she's wet, she has her tail, she, the mermaid tail. But when she gets out of water, but she only has she only has like time, a certain right? number of days. She has like eight days or something because by, by the time she's talking to him, she's like I only got six days left. So, yeah. and basically, I mean it's it's kind of weird for a PG movie, <laughs> but basically they just spend the whole movie having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, this is a family kids movie and everything. But back then, you could then you could add like, an element of sex in, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like, 
And you got the, you, the Eugene Levy character that's Who's, really skeptical. And yeah, like swears to, that he saw her and yeah. is not constantly. And then he ends up becoming an evil character, but then turns good afterwards. He's had had a hell of a year with that uh, Schmidt's Shit's Creek. Uh, everyone loves really? it. I, 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 it. I, I see it in the background. It's good. Yeah, uh, Christina loves it. She's yeah. trying to get me to watch it now, but I'm... Uh, she already went through the whole thing, so I, I don't want to watch it, watch it as again. much. But <laughs> uh, So, yeah, one of these days I'll end up checking it out, I'm sure. But Eugene Levy was great in that. Early Eugene Levy, too. Full head of hair, got those bushy brows. I mean, he always had those. But he looked like Dan Levy when you watched him in, in Splash, <laughs> which is his son, who looks very much like him. So, basically, it's it's like, I, I know the term is a little kitschy uh, for this, but it's a fish out of water <laughs> story, literally, because she wasn't sure of anything. I love her at the department store where she's there for eight hours exercising and the workers are like she has been here for eight hours and then tom hanks had to go and rescue her and everything and she had spent so much time in front of the tvs remember they were playing the crazy eddie commercials and everything she learned how to talk from it so so at the first like meeting with them and she's staying at the house with them and everything there was no talking at all and then all of a sudden she could talk and she chose that name when they walked by madison avenue she's like oh my name is madison i'm going to choose that name and so Basically, after they have this relationship and they fall in love, she's constantly keeping it from him what the hell is going on. Remember the scene where she's in the uh, bathtub and she just wants to get her like legs wet and she's got the tail and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to bust down mm-hmm. the door. She's like, L-. he's like, this is getting crazy. You got to open the door now. There might be something wrong with you or something. It seems a little creepy, though, when you when yeah. you look at it. Like, hey, man, maybe taking she just bath. wants to be. I'm taking a dump, Tom. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she busts down the door and apparently she, she had been using the hairdryer mm-hmm. to like dry her legs and. By the time he busted the door, her legs are there. And she's like, oh, I just got shy and everything. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, we just had sex on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> she's like, I know, but I'm shy. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of great moments like that. But it got really great when they realized when she got caught. Remember Eugene Levy? Uh, they were having that uh, moment at the restaurant. And they leave the restaurant. Eugene Levy comes up with, like, a fire hose and sprays. He's got, like, it attached to his back. Mm-hmm. It's, like, under his jacket, like, this huge water reserve. So he's got this pumped water. It's not, like, a fi- actual fire hose. And he ends up spraying her on the street. And then the paparazzi comes around, and they're taking pictures of her. And, uh, like, guys in suits and dark glasses snatch her and uh, bring her off. And then they they have her in this from. they have her in this facility. They bring Tom Hanks too. Remember, I love it when he's like naked in the thing and he's covering his crotch. And he's like, I'm not a fish. <laughs> but they're investigating everything possible, and that's where the movie gets really exciting because they have to do almost like a prison break thing. Remember, uh, him and John Candy. He he escapes. Him, John Candy, and Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy comes to he his. Feels uh, bad, yeah. he, he feels bad. He's like, oh, I realized what I did. I want to help you guys, and they disguise themselves as the Swedish guys coming into the. Uh, there's supposed to be some. Swedish experts that are going to come in and evaluate the mermaid. <laughs> so they come in and John really Candy John Candy can say like 10 words and it's uh, it's uh, I have a very impressive penis is one of the words and everything and he's saying it to the guard who happens to speak Swedish and everything and uh, he just starts laughing at him and everything. <laughs> and uh, so they go in there and John Candy stays in the facility and they put Daryl Hannah under the uh, Cart. On the on the gurney underneath the uh, the towel, and they're they're screaming, ah, 
She melted his face off. She melted his face off. Don't look. Don't go in there. Don't let anyone in there. And then they eventually bust in after Eugene Levy and uh, Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks escape. And you see John Candy sitting on the edge with his uh, edge of the tank with a fishing ball. <laughs> He's like, hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> and it, has to, it goes all the way down to just them trying to get back into the water and everything. It was exciting, man. It was, I mean, it was... When you think of Night Shift, Night Shift was a very well contained, slow movie. This is a good time. Where for this was an right action. When did movie. Um, when did uh, Dabney Coleman movie with the video game come out? With the video, oh, uh, video Cloak and Dagger, yeah, eighty five, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think eighty five was, was around that like time. All this. Oh yeah, these were like Night Shift was eighty two, Splash was eighty four, and now we're about to go into. When was Return of the Jedi? Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah, that was a good time, man. When was I, Back to the Future? Eighty five. Eighty five. Man, what yeah. a great time to 85. be a movie watcher. Yeah. And then we went to the with Ghostbusters, and they took all of it away. Yep, took it all away from our us. famous scumbags. Um, our, what are we, I mean, I was like, are you saying we can't watch Disney movies in the movie theater? I said, that well, make any sense. the one saving thing is we we had cable. Yeah, well, that we, was the thing. We could watch movies. They were a bunch in of video stores. They were an unbelievable yeah. bunch of hypocrites they, there. They were. I went. We went to like Mr. Hughes's house, who was like one of the teachers yeah. at Sunday and school, had, like, and we watched Rambo mm-hmm. three. Yeah. And I, I remember watching Rambo three at his house, and I'm like, uh, I don't think we're supposed to be watching this. Well, here was their explanation one time. They didn't want to f- support monetarily the movie theater chain because I was like, because oh, it was so worldly? we can rent movies yeah. from a. Video cassette no, or watch them on cable. I, I don't, I'm confused here. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Jesus tells me to go see the burbs. <laughs> right? Is that what you did? Yeah, Jesus yeah. told me to go see the burbs, yeah. and, I, and I, I don't regret it. <laughs> so, yeah, Splash was awesome, man. That was this is an 80s classic. If you haven't seen that, I mean, you're 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 not a huge movie fan because uh, that's one that everyone has seen or gone back to see if you didn't live in that time period. Just old Tom Hanks movies were fun to watch. This next one, this was huge too, man, and this was smart because it caught the older uh, generation big time. Like, old people loved this movie. <laughs> I mean, everyone loved this movie, but old people really loved it. And we watched it the other day, and my, I mean, my got- wife had no... She's like, who is that guy? I said, you don't know who the Goot is? I said, we got problems here. Gutenberg? <laughs> so 1985's mm-hmm. Cocoon, man, and uh, Steve Gutenberg. Uh, what was interesting F- about FX. this movie? The guy from FX, what's his name? Uh, Brian Dennehy. Brian yep, Dennehy. Brian Dennehy. So you've got the old people were Hume Cronin, uh, uh, Wilford Brimley, Donna Amici. And what was interesting about this? this? What's that? Was his mother old at that time? Ron Howard. Uh, he put Ron, his mother in a lot of movies. Yeah, his mom was in this, too. What was interesting about this, and a lot of people talk about the, the Wilfred Brimley, people. the Wilfred Brimley kind of thing, that Wilfred Brimley was 50 years old when oh, he was yeah, in this yeah, movie, yeah. but he was playing someone of 65. Don Amici was 30 years older than Wilfred Brimley in this movie, and Brian Dennehy was the same age as Wilfred Brimley in this movie. So Wilfred Brimley just looked old. Yeah. I mean, he he really shouldn't even have been in this movie because he was supposed to be playing a 65-year-old, but he looked old as fuck. I mean, fuck. the same with me. I can look old because I got a yeah, white I beard. Mean, what, you're like... Three years uh, away from Wilfred Brimley's age yeah. in Cocoon. I mean, that's like crazy when you think of it. It is, and uh, yeah, kind of sad. I can run <laughs> circles around. Him. <laughs> yeah, well, that basketball scene in Cocoon too. Man, he might have been able to whoop your ass. He was he was swimming with cocoons, so it makes they sense. Did it. They did some post pumping and there was some editing. really good special effects in this movie. I'm pretty sure it got uh, uh, it won the Oscar for Don Amici for best supporting actor, and I think it won the Oscar Screenplay. for visual effects. No, just visual effects and Don Amici. One only problem I have with this movie is 
they took Gutenberg's boat at the end up into the ship. They yeah. could have just beamed the people up. They left Gut in, a, in the middle of the ocean they with gave a him life enough jacket. Money. They gave him enough money. Then. He had a life jacket. <laughs> they gave him enough money. <laughs> they they returned, man. They returned in it. Uh, Cocoon the Return. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was a good movie, too. The sequel was really good. It, 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 it was one of those movies where it, it was a cliffhanger for a little... Not yeah. a cliffhanger, but it was a... You didn't know what the hell was going on at one point. Yeah, well, that's the thing I was telling. My wife was watching. Like, She's wow, like, "This, this is interesting. This turn. is an interesting movie here because what's going on is these old people are living at a retirement home." At the very beginning of the movie, we see like this element of the aliens kind of in the sky and everything, and something like a beam coming into the water, and we're not really sure what's happening. And so, what's happening is uh, aliens have come back to Earth because they have uh, their friends who are also aliens are in these cocoons in the bottom of the ocean, and they want to uh, charter Gutenberg's boat to go out there. No questions asked. We'll pay you. We'll pay you like ten grand. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) We'll pay you like ten grand or something like that. And he he was like in. Uh, like a bad place with money mm-hmm. so he was like all for it and there was a cute girl on the boat and they were all uh, for it and he's like yeah I'll help you I'll help you go find these things and they pull these huge cocoons out and they put them they rent a house that's just close by the uh, the old folks home and they dump all the cocoons into the pool and it just happened pool. to be it was, cool. it was a great indoor. indoor pool and it was filmed in like St. Pete it looked like South South Florida but it, it I guess they filmed it in central Florida because it looks so uh, similar in a lot of aspects. And uh, the old people had been used to, like before the cocoons were there, they would break into, they would walk through the woods to break into this pool and they would swim together. Hume Cronin, uh, Don Amici, and uh, Wilford Brimley. What are you going to do to them? So one day they got there and the cocoons are in there and they were like, well, what's with these big rocks here? And we're like, I don't know, we'll, we'll just swim around them. So we're in there swimming and almost immediately they like, we feel fantastic. So basically what's happened is it, it gives them like vitality like you've never believed. Mm-hmm. They, what was funny about it is like they, they had it for a little while. Don Amici had key, cancer right? and, yeah. and it like went away like overnight and they were like it went in complete remission and then they all went home and had sex with their wives for like like a double shot uh, on that first night and I remember the, the next scene where the old women are sitting next mm-hmm. to each other playing like canasta or something and they all got big smiles on mm-hmm. their face and they don't want to mention what's going on until one of them says something and the other one says you too me too and they were like what the hell is going on I just remember the movie being sad because one of them yeah that was of... the moment I watched it the other day with my wife yeah. and we got, we got busy it was really sad and we got busy doing something and I was like well I can stop it here because I know know the scene that's coming up and it's really sad because there was one of them and uh he's been an old guy in a, yep. a bunch of different movies he didn't want to swim in the in the uh in the pool he was like and they were like dude it'll make you feel better he says this is natural we should not yeah. be doing this and they was like well if you don't want to do it because the other the old guys brought their wives eventually uh one of them was the old woman from johnny dangerously mm-hmm. and uh the other uh well <laughs> jessica tandy was in it too william cronin's wife in real life uh and it was great that they got to play the married couple in the movie too uh, so when they uh, the wives went in and the other old guy who didn't want to go in it said, they were like just at least let your wife in and they were like no and his wife ended up dying and then he had to like drag her dead body yeah. like carried her body yeah. through the woods to get in the pool and he's like in the pool with her hoping that he'll bring her yeah, back and it ain't gonna bring her back didn't and Brian Denny show Brian Denny he's like there's nothing we can do yeah. for her man and it was really bad uh, one of my favorite scenes is when Gutenberg is peeping at the girl uh, getting undressed on the boat so they work all day he's on the perfect. boat and they <laughs> bring up the uh the cocoons and mm-hmm. uh he's in he's in like the galley doing uh, something she had some weird light 
thing, right? Well, no, she takes her skin off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in a room not realizing that Guten's, and he feels bad about it. He's looking, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. And then he, like, peers again. That's why you don't do it. Yeah, that's why you don't do it. You never know what you're going to see. And she basically pulls her skin off completely, and you see, like, the, it's like one of the grays, but it's like a glowing kind of yeah, gray. Yeah. And she looks right at him, and he freaks out and is about to, he jumps off the boat. He gets up, and Brian Dennehy and the other guys are like, what's going on? He's like, he's like, did you see something you didn't like? And then he, they gets on the boat and they calm him down. And, he, and the girl, remember, she didn't put her skin back on right, yeah. so her ears hanging out weird. And Brian Denny, he has to reach over and like straighten her ear out, <laughs> so it's right. And uh, he he breaks it down to her and uh, he says, "We're just out here trying to get our friends." Goomberg swallows it completely. He's like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll help you as long as." <laughs> As long as it's legal, in the, as long as it's legal and the money's good. Well, well as long exactly as the money's legal. good, uh, as long as money's good. <laughs> the, One of my favorite lines the, in the all every, of film uh, history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Bud Simple Man, it was oh. great. <laughs> uh, so he's all for it. So he's going to help him with it and everything. And uh, very similar kind of premise for the second one. The second one, they come back and they have to get one of their friends. It's being held at like that. it's being one of their friends is being held at like NORAD. So they have to break. They have to break into NORAD and, and get them back. So it was it was good. It's always some X Files. Wilford Brimley's group. little boy, and this this is an interesting story because. Uh, my uh, my wife's like, who's that little boy? I says Daryl, and she's like, who's Daryl? D period. I was like, a who's Daryl? R period. Y period. <laughs> That's what I said. D period. A period. <laughs> and she's like, who's Daryl? And I was and I. What is Daryl? I was I was flabbergasted. Obviously, I was like, who's Daryl? I said, we are divorced right now, and uh, so I ordered it. it. It's a hard movie to get, but I I. I it's like forty dollars, but then I found one guy who's like. I probably shouldn't be saying, it, but I give a fuck if it's an illegal download. If I can play it and I can watch the movie, and because a lot of people, you look at the negative comments and it was like this was illegally burned and everything. I was like, can you watch the movie? Yeah. Well, then what the fuck do I care? <laughs> so I ordered it and it's coming. It should be here today. I love Daryl and I think Justin shat on it at one point. Justin, you're gonna have to explain yourself. I don't know what you have a problem with Daryl. Maybe you need to rewatch it. I'll lend you. I'll lend Childhood it to you trauma link to Daryl. Daryl was an awesome fucking movie, man, with Michael McKeon and that little kid playing a little robot. Oh, it's awesome. I loved it. Uh, so yeah, that's what that was the the little kid that that was kind of another emotional thing. He had to let his grandparents go at the end of the movie, and then it brought the whole ship up and everything. It was fun, man. It was a really fun. It it tugged on your heartstrings just the right way. It had that little dark moment at the beginning of it, but it kind of brought it all back after that. So I remember it being huge when it came out. Everyone's like, "Oh, have you seen Cocoon? Have you seen Cocoon?" Mm-hmm. And '85, we must have seen it in the theater, right? We didn't see it in the theater. That was around remember. the time where we were we went to the Christian school because we eighty five we saw 85. Back to the Future. We definitely saw Back to the Future in the uh, theater, and then I think maybe towards the end of eighty five because you guys started a year before me. Remember, you and Matt went in to the Christian school a year before me, and I stayed at the public school, and then I went the year after that. I went. So in. I went. I went in seventh grade. Yeah. The start of seventh grade, and I graduated in What 91. year was that, Tino? So if you walk the years back. Yeah. So I'll let you do that. <laughs> I've only had one cup of coffee today. 87, <laughs> 88, 89, 90, 91. Six. Six years. I graduated in 91, so 85. 85, yeah. So that makes sense that that was like those years were the last ones I remember, we were going to the theater. I remember. Back to the Future, we went several times. Yeah. And I remember at summer camp. And buying the the uh, 1984 from Van Halen and yep. playing it on the bus to the beach. Oh yeah, I remember, remember that. I was, yeah, beach. I was I was there when you guys did that. I didn't buy, bring enough food, and I remember almost starving to death. There. I remember. I just remember the sand in the parking lot oh, being as so hot. hot. 
is you would jump on somebody else's blanket no matter if you knew them or not. Yeah, because yeah, I'm your like, feet were burning. You'd have to apologize. You'd yeah. be like, "I'm sorry, man, but this the sand is so why hot." Wouldn't I and have people were s- like, "You should wear sandals." Yeah, I said, "You're damn right." Fucking sandals. We should. I've never. You know, I've never encountered. We went back to that beach a bunch of times. Like, it wasn't a great beach, but it had that jetty. If you were up north, then that was a good beach. I mean, if you if you knew about beaches down south, then it was a horrible beach. But I've never encountered sand that hot down in Florida. No. Ever, so, ever. Yeah. It's it, almost like... It literally will burn your feet in about 10 seconds, if that, if five seconds, maybe. Uh, but yeah, Cocoon. Awesome movie, man. This next one, also one of my favorites. I didn't see it in the movie theater, but it was a huge cable movie. We watched it on cable all the time, and I'm pretty sure I taped it on one of the blank tapes so we can watch it. And that's uh, 1986 Gung Ho. Oh, God. I rewatched this recently. I know you did, too. And I totally forgot about the beginning of him going to Japan. Oh. I totally forgot about it with uh, Getty Watanabe. <laughs> I love Getty Watanabe. Who have, it, every, it, it had every top. Japanese actor oh, yeah, yeah. at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And maybe they weren't all Japanese. Maybe they were Asian. No, that was the thing back then, too, that they, they would... Uh, and they had no problem with it. The, uh, Japanese people playing Chinese people, Chinese people playing Korean people. They were just happy to get the jobs, you know, uh, back in the day. Now it's a little bit more uh, appropriate to... Uh, and there's there's a lot more, like, Korean actors that if you're doing a Korean movie, that they're, they're, you can hire just Korean actors, you know. Uh, but back then it was like a hodgepodge that you got whoever you could get. And uh, Getty Wananabe got obviously really famous for 16 candles most people know him as long <laughs> duck dong i mean it probably pill- people still name? call him that <laughs> now the donger <laughs> has a place to rest his head <laughs> he plays uh, drunk oh god better I than any volunteers <laughs> yeah you, you watch he 16 candles drunk. volunteers and gung-ho are his like trifecta and he films. plays drunk he has a drunk scene in yep. each one of them yeah 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 absolutely he's really funny he's really good yeah. like when he runs into the water yeah. and gung ho and he was going to try to I just himself. like I just like in volunteers that the the guards had a crush on oh, him oh yeah yeah <laughs> Hey, asshole. <laughs> yeah, so what's going on is it's dealing with... Talk about some big character actors in this movie. John Turturro, George Wentz, yeah, Clint George Howard Clint had Howard. a great he role a in role. this. Like, he played almost like a tough guy kind of role. He had that beard and it everything. It was supposed to be like Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was definitely Pittsburgh. You know where it was filmed? No. Brazil. Oh, that's crazy. I never knew that. They flew down to, that's a, big to a plant that was, that was sh- shuttered. The, the black guy in it was the guy from Glory. Remember, mm-hmm. they shot next oh, yeah. to his head? Mm-hmm. That was the black guy yeah. from it. So it was like a chocked my full business of great character. My mind, being a business person and an operations manager, it was a cool movie. Yeah. Because it, it touched on subjects that most... Yeah, it, it touched on the American auto industry. You and know? it was really volatile. I mean, Roger and me came out in 84. Yeah, yeah. So the, the American car industry We knew was, about Detroit and Flint was, and... I remember... I remember... In Massachusetts in 86, they had the, this new car was coming out. It was called the Hyundai. Now, some of the nicest cars on the road are Hyundais. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen them lately. No, I haven't. Beautiful. Some yeah, of the back Hyundais then they now, were like, they had a buy one, get one free. Yeah. And it was like They used to joke about how tiny they were. $3,600. Yeah. You, and you got two. Damn. I'll do that deal now. Yeah, I'll do that deal. <laughs> I'll do now. that deal now. <laughs> so basically, it's a it's a struggling uh, American. Uh, uh, yeah, factory got factory. shot down, and Japanese. And the whole town to, is the contingent town was, on it. Very which, similar which is to the like same Detroit with Detroit, and, I mean, and probably Pittsburgh with, also. I, with a lot of towns, yeah, and, the, and not just in the car industry, but yeah, yeah. like sometimes one industry, a steel yeah. industry, a coal. It, the whole town is yeah. built around this industry, and then when the industry leaves, and 
Michael Keaton was going to be the savior of the town. Literally, he went to Japan to try to. to he was a great talker. Obviously, yeah. he went there to try to get their help to come over and to put their money into the American audio auto industry and work together, and they could complete something really great. The the difference is is the the Japanese uh, factory was like a well oiled machine where people were exercising before they started work, and they they did things a certain way where it made the Americans look a little sloppy, but they got the job done but type the, of deal. Disciplined. Yeah, well, that's what was workers. frustrating. That watching work as a team, and I had learned this in business school. It's like a lot of with the Japanese theory is you have to know all your subordinates' jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's well. like James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, that's why James yeah. Cameron does that's well. That's why he does well. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't empathize with the guy that yeah. does the welding. Yeah. Unless you know what he goes to. Yeah, and James Cameron Honestly. is the same way. If, if you're not focused pulling, he will grab that and he'll do it himself and he'll make you look yeah. like a dumbass. And then make, you, look like, and then make yeah. you want to do better, obviously. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, it's like Tom, Tom it's Cruise. It's like, <laughs> like in this Cruise. movie when they hand, they hand the, oh man, Tom Cruise. Yeah, we should even mention the that. Right, the <laughs> right thing to do, the wrong way to do it, yeah. I, I think is the headline that I saw. I don't know. I think... I think he might have been completely aware and might have leaked it himself. <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> it does it makes him he's look good. He's getting some backlash for not as much as he's getting looking good. Like yeah, like he had a bunch of people on the crew quit. Yeah. But and the movie should stop. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, Tom Tom Cruise went off on his crew, Christian Bale style, but for a very good reason. Unlike Christian yeah. Bale, who's like you walked in my eye line. It, it yeah. was like uh, <laughs> it, we're lucky to even be out here filming, yeah. and you guys are breaking COVID protocols. Yeah. Don't do it, or you're fucking fired. Yeah. I, Justin had sent it to me, and I was like, oh shit. And then right, it must have just hit because right after Justin had sent it to me, I went on Twitter, and it was like on every other like tweet was the Tom Cruise thing. So it was interesting, uh, but. It frustrated me watching it because, like, specifically with the George Wink character, he just wanted to do shit his own way. And I'm like, why don't you just – these guys are saving your job. Just and fall in the line company. and do it the way he it's wants to company. do it. It's their country. Or, or uh, company. You know, if you want, if he wants you to put the bolts here, 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 yeah. and here, put them right care. there, you know? Yeah. So, so what goes wrong is – they're not ha- the Japanese are not happy with the Americas uh, the the way they're uh, they're running this. I mean, it's factory. sort of Michael Keaton's fault for yeah. He sort of misled. Well, that's he was what like happens the liaison. Remember, they the were going to shut workers. it all down. Yeah, uh, Getty's like they're going to shut us all down. I'm not as much of a leader as you think I am. They showed him at the beginning with that screaming in that. Uh, remember, they put him through that routines where he's supposed to like yeah. uh, ask for forgiveness and shit like that. <laughs> so he was kind of the 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 dumbass in Japan that they sent to. Uh, to America just to fulfill this uh, kind of uh, role, and he wasn't even <laughs> you got ready some for it. Stuff for you in the corner you of your mouth, right there? <laughs> <laughs> and Nicky comes back into the while he's getting. He's yeah. like, "Oh, no, nice ribbons," and he's like, "These are ribbons of shame." <laughs> I'd hide those on yeah. the inside. <laughs> this is what he tells them. So, so what is there? Japanese people are almost going to shut it down, and uh, Michael Keaton mm-hmm. uh, makes this deal with them that we can make what was it five thousand? Was it five thousand? Fifteen thousand cars. We can do fifteen thousand cars in a month because it's the most the Japanese ever did. And then he brings that back to his people who are all in this like huge like auditorium and he says uh, we have to do fifteen thousand in a month, and uh, we'll get these bonuses, and we can save the uh, the town and the factory and everything. And they were like, "Well, that's impossible." He says, "But if we get to like ten, you know, we get something, right?" And then Michael Keaton's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get something." <laughs> and so he basically lies to him. Yeah. So everyone's looking at the ten and not the fifteen. And then when Michael Keaton sees that it's not going to hit there, he's like, "Oh shit, this lie is going to come back to me, man." Yeah. I love when they were like, "Somebody to get something for less." I if you when, want them to get what you want them to get. Oh yeah, yeah. 
When, yeah, you should have told him. <laughs> Make like, him think like we hey, need twenty, but if we get fifteen, yeah, that's that, my that's the David Dupree. Yeah. This <laughs> like when and Maria's probably listening to this after I'm dead. She'll like go back through these and like, oh. well, here's my from the grave. Like anytime we need to be somewhere, I add 30, 45 minutes <laughs> to where Sorry, we have to leave. But it happens. No, it, she even knows it it. that's the problem. She figured it out, <laughs> yeah. and now she's like, well, I know I got an extra thirty minutes. Well, did I do that this time or did now I? Now I'm doing yeah. an hour. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm doing an hour and a half. I love when uh, John Turturro calls and he finds out that there's no uh, no deal for the 10. And then John Turturro calls Michael Keaton online. He says, there is no deal for the 10. We are coming to you right now and we're going to get you. He's putting the goldfish in the bag. John Turturro just meant we're going to come pick you up and we're going to deal with this problem together, not realizing that Michael Keaton was behind this. So Michael Keaton thought that they were going to come and kill his ass. They broke that deal with you, didn't they? And he's like, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I love that last that last mm. twenty minutes when they have that montage and when the Japanese well, guy wraps uh, his tie around his head and starts dancing. Before that, when he's when he um, he's out in the town square. Remember, he's in yep. the gazebo. Oh yeah, it was his dad. His Ron Howard's oh, yeah, dad yeah. had yep. a good speech. Oh yeah, it was like you know this guy fucked up. Yeah, and they're like, no, he didn't. Yeah, and then he, he had to like bite the bullet. Yeah, it was great, man. Gung Ho is one. Of, it's one of Eric's favorites, and it, it took me a long time to be able to get it on DVD, and I'm happy I own it now because I've watched it a couple times since I bought it. Uh, this next one, this was the one where people were given, they, uh, Ron Howard was giving yeah. a big, lofty kind of thing to do. And he would to, never to, do this. He said in, in that documentary he would never put himself in this position. Yeah, again. well, he did solo, <laughs> which isn't on the list. But uh, but he could do it his own way. That's the uh, Solo a was point. a little, uh, he was a little hamstringed with solo. I think he was did he? solo just because it, someone needed to step in because the guys who did the Lego movie yeah, yeah, yeah. were fucking it up. They were turning into a straight-up comedy, and they were like, we don't want this, man. And they fired the Lego guy guys and they brought ron howard in to do solo and i love solo i thought it's freaking awesome not i don't know hardly anyone who's seen it people don't even talk about it. it and you would like it it's really good it, a lot of it's just i saw a clip and i like the dude who's playing solo oh god and a lot of it is just like uh uh prison breaks and like uh look like them robbing almost. the train it, it had a, like a firefly feel to it when i saw the yeah, yeah, I, I guess it, I, yeah, you could say it had a kind of a firefly. They're kind of like a bunch of rogue people. I mean, he was a smuggler, so it just dealt with the smuggling. He was the only guy that could do it. that uh, That run to Kessel. That's damn right. <laughs> you said it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the movie we're talking about now, the fantasy movie, uh, George Lucas wrote it and said he wanted, uh, and he wrote it specifically for Warwick Davis, who had been on uh, Return of the Jedi. Ewok. Uh, he was, uh, what was his Ewok? Chub Chub. Wicked. No, Wicked, not Chub Chub. Chub Chub's a song. <laughs> I think most people call it Yub Yub, but Chub Chub's good too. <laughs> Chub Chub's what I'm going with. <laughs> That's what I go. I'll hum it around the house. <laughs> if you are if you have watched the, they could say take that version out of the uh, movie so people don't know what you're talking about unless they saw those old undoctored versions. So Willow. He's his own worst enemy. Who's this? George Lucas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, for this... And Do you ever hear Patton Oswalt's... Smartly, smartly, he... Pat, you ever hear Patton Oswalt's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he meets George Lucas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Do I don't remember. Oh, he's like... He's like... He's like, oh, I'm I'm biggest fan of Star Wars. I uh, thank you. He's like, oh, you're a Star Wars fan. He's like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm making the three prequels. Oh, really? That sounds awesome. What's the first one? He's like, well, you get to see. Luke Skywalker as a little kid, and he's really sad. And he's like, oh, "That sounds terrible." <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, what about the next one?" He's like, "Well, you get to see Darth Vader. Well, what's Darth Vader doing? Well, he's a little kid. And he's really mad." And he's like, "What? That sounds terrible." Too. 
Well, smartly, George Lucas didn't direct a lot of the movies that he wrote, too. He didn't direct any of the uh, Indiana Joneses. As he, he didn't direct the Indiana Jones. He didn't no. direct Willow, which is the one we're talking about right now. 1988's Willow, man, was so friggin' good. I love the music on this. Such great music. And it's one of my favorite... Uh, James Horner is my favorite mm-hmm. composer. He does Aliens. Aliens and Star Trek II, The Wrath of Connor, my two favorite scores of all yeah. time. And and you could tell Very listening to his music, when you're listening to Willow, immediately it's like, this is James Horner, because I can I can hear elements from those other two movies in it. And Classic score. A lot of people forget mm. Warwick Davis, 17 years old in this movie. He looked young. I mean, he, he looked young for sure. So... What's going on is it's a classic like Dungeons and Dragons type story, you know, where this uh, the the princess princess that's going to save the entire world is just getting born. She's got a uh, mark on her arm. That was a pretty crazy kid. Uh, it was a very happy kid. Yeah, very happy kid. I'm sure they used two or three of them. Uh, but I know tell you what. There were some scenes when the kid was crying and it, it wasn't acting. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. So that's with every movie, too. But uh, they were going to put the kid to death at the very beginning, and the midwife saved the baby and put her in, uh, like Moses style, put her in a basket and yeah. float her down the river. It was and it one, just came yeah, across it had, style. And that's as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is kind of biblical. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It had those elements in it for sure. One and, and so it comes across the. Uh, the the kind of like the town of the little people, which were known as, uh, I, I know derogatorily they were known as pecs. Uh, remember, that's what they called them, their derogatory oh, really? that name, was their derogatory name, name for them. Uh, but damn, what was the, uh, the, they weren't dwarfs, but they had like a, uh, a specific name they gave them in the movie, and I can't remember what it is. Mm. And they're making this movie now. There's a series. The really, really small ones were called brownies. Brownies, yeah, and played brilliantly by, uh, by Rick Overton and uh, Kevin Pollack. Uh, Which so friggin' Kevin funny. Pollock Kevin well? Pollock and Rick Overton were so Rick funny Overton in that. Again? He me. was uh, remember he was in uh, Groundhog Day. Oh where, yeah, <laughs> not, He's Rick, the, not Rick Dukeman. He, but, he was uh, the Rick other Overton. guy in the truck. He, he, yeah, remember they're on yeah. the train tracks. Don't ride on the train tracks. Yeah, well, this is one I actually agree with. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's funny. He's been in a lot of different stuff before. You'd you'd look him up and you you'd yeah, know yeah, who yeah. Rick Overton is. But yeah, there's the brownies and and that was what was great about it is they just did this whole world creating thing and Val. Kilmer brilliantly as the swordsman, mm-hmm. and uh, his future wife that they met on the film, uh, Joanne Wally Kilmer, uh, was the, the, the love interest. Yeah, she, she was the she redhead. Was cute. Yeah, she was really um, cute. And they apparently they kind of met on the film and fell in love and became were married for about ten years or something. Ten minutes. Yeah, ten minutes. <laughs> Uh, so basically, the baby floats down the uh, thing, and the the wise kind of uh, little person who's brilliantly played by the uh, he was in so many different movies. He's I'm trying in Time to think Bandit. of Time Bandits. He was in a Kenny Baker was in this movie too, in like but, a couple but, different scenes. Billy Barty. Billy Barty. Yeah, that's right. Really good. He was in a, uh, Under the Rainbow, a whole bunch of people forget. And I had read that this was the largest calling uh, for oh, for little people ever. It was like two hundred fifty. That one scene people. of the festival yep. when the dog showed up. And oh they yeah, yeah. Had to kill the dog, <laughs> the dog with like the, 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 the hair cosmetics gl- gl- glued on him yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, the the demon dogs <laughs> demon or something. Dogs. But it was great, man. It had such a great elements with. It was uh, a really good movie. It was also dark. Do you remember at the end dark. with with the evil uh, the evil witch? who wanted to kill everyone was evil but I remember she turned them all into pigs at the yeah. end and they uh, half of you got to see him like half turning into pigs and I was like wow this is a weird it, I, it reminded say, me of uh, for half a second it was like 
island of Doc Moreau. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Uh, but at some point in the journey, the other little people left Willow. They were like, we don't want to do this. Yeah. We, we just don't want to do it anymore. And they end up coming across Val Kilmer, who's in like a bird cage. Yep. And they were like, if you let me go, I'll take the baby. I need The baby needed to be delivered to some uh, big high sorceress who, who could help out. And, uh, who ended up being a muskrat. <laughs> yeah, muskrat. And then it, uh, <laughs> then you were hoping for that like hot chick that it was going to turn into yeah. turn into this old lady. Yeah, and you're like, oh come on, man, because <laughs> she forgot how long she would it had been, been in the bodies. Yeah, <laughs> well, they she became in, like two animals before she became she was uh, a crow. Human again. She was a goat. Yeah, and it had like that great ending that was very similar to like a low pan and egg chan where say. they're going uh, opposite each other. But what the funny part is, it's one of my favorite moments when. Uh, the, the whole thing surrounded by the baby, and you forget that Willow is kind of a minor magician, like just like a I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take my coin out of your ear type of music. Well, magician. he had a magic wand. He, was, he did have a magic wand, but he wasn't he's really the one great that at kept using turning it. The woman uh, into but remember, he disappeared. He made the baby disappear, yeah. and it was just like his disappearing pig trick that he did at the beginning of the yeah. movie. And that evil witch's face where he made it disappear, and she was like freaked out. It was really great. Uh, but I love when they team up with Val Kilmer and. Uh, I remember he threatens him with the acorn. He's like, wait, there's a there's a peck here with an acorn pointed at me. <laughs> it was really great. Oh, and the brownies got drunk. and It was just so much fun stuff um, in that movie, man. It was one of the – Industrial Light Magic was the one that did yep. the – a lot of the special the head, uh, the head horseman that had the like Skeletor skull, skull yeah, on it. Yeah. That's the uh, guy from um, uh, Razor Lost Ark, the bald dude. Nazi yeah. that fought him at the yeah, uh, he was uh, on the uh, like uh, the tarmac. The tarmac, yeah, he was big man, and you got to see him with his uh, his mask off at some point. Right when I got finished watching it the other day, I uh, texted my cousin. I was like, "Hey, do you have Willow for NES?" He's like, "I got one right here." And he says, "All right, put it away for me." It's a video game. Uh, it's a video game. I it's think great. I played it. Yeah, it was good. It was real. It was hard. It wasn't as it was similar to like Zelda, Zelda, but it was a little bit more difficult. I'm not sure I ever finished it because it was really hard. So I got it coming in the mail. I may come here today or tomorrow. Uh, so I'll let you know how that turns out. It was fun, though, man, and it certainly made Warwick Davis's career. I, I thought it was great that they – because there was so many of his roles that he didn't get he to show his face, behind, man. man. He was hidden yeah. behind. He was the he was Leprechaun in the first Leprechaun. I think the first I two Leprechauns. I think the first two Leprechauns he did, and I think they after that they cast somebody you else know I like in the role. Leprechaun? What's that? I, I like the Wayne's World talking to with, oh the leprechaun yeah, yeah, yeah. Under his... <laughs> that's a, that was a time period where it was huge back then for sure uh but it was fun and they're making a series and he and warwick davis is coming back i think he's playing that billy barty character now he's like the older guy uh playing willow who's i i would imagine that maybe he's going on a quest i mean he's probably he's i mean he's close to our age because when he was on Return of the Jedi he was like 13 and that was like similar to the age we were so Warwick Davis is probably our age so he could easily be still going out there and doing whatever I'm, I'm not sure what the story is but when it comes out I'm totally on board that was a movie that I always thought they were going to make several sequels of and they never did I mean you wait too many years that's a problem with that it, it's huge in 88 if they had made one in 90 it would have been great but by then the movie industry had changed and everything and uh but it was big for kind of the visual effects back then. We didn't, it wasn't cheesy. I mean, some of those, those little effects, were Hydra monsters at the end were kind of cheesy, but which ones uh, they came out of the moat when they were fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the goblins, the wo- wolf or, men. They had the wolf men characters. That's right. They, uh, I think they were like, remember the big goblins because they were, yeah. they kept stepping in the shit. They were like, oh, it's mm-hmm. goblin shit. But those dinosaurs with the weird yeah, club yeah, heads and everything, they yeah, were they weird. were weird. They were weird looking, but it was different. It was they, different from any other ones. They, I love they world creation. Like they do, absolutely. I, I love anybody world creating, though. It was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, he's good at it. 
Yeah, he's good. I mean, give him give him his due, man. I mean, people like to shit on George Lucas, man, but the man can tell a story. I mean, he might not be the. I mean, <laughs> he what hasn't, about Mel Gibson? But he sure knows plot structure. <laughs> yeah, he knows plot, <laughs> plot structure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna jump forward three years here to 1991, another movie that the we one... saw several times in the theater. Oh yeah, uh, which was 1991's Backdraft. Man, my God, we had man. the soundtrack to this too. So great, man. This was such a great movie. I remember watching it, and I, I couldn't wait. To to go back to the theater and it was one of those movies that you're sitting in the theater waiting for specific scenes to happen man I didn't even and like that Baldwin brother but he was all right. Was he didn't. Good. Yeah, he didn't hurt the movie. He, at he all. didn't hurt the movie because you have Kurt Russell. You got Scott Glenn. You got, you got uh, Robert De Niro. You got De Niro, obviously. You got Donald Sutherland playing one of his more iconic awesome. roles, man, as Ronald. Yeah. Wants to see what the world burned. <laughs> Burn everything. Burn, <laughs> Burn it all. Uh, so yeah, what was going on in this is these like crazy fires are being started, but they're targeting other firefighters and other and specific people, not just firefighters, but specific like political figures where uh and that's where the term backdraft came which has probably always been a term but no one was familiar with it until yeah. this movie came out when the it's the fire's need for oxygen yeah if you like people think the smart thing is to do is just to bust that window open you know yeah. to, uh, when you do you give the fire fresh oxygen yep fresh oxygen and you, it fuels it's it. almost like when you have a grease fire yeah yeah one yeah. of the best things you can do is put a cover Put a cover or put Over, baking soda on it yeah, because put, water. Block, ooh, yeah. You're gonna because water is oxygen. Yep, yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna feed be that burnt. flame. Yep, you don't want to. You got to be very I'm, careful with that type of stuff. Fire is always. I'm. I'm always aware. I'm scared of. I'm not scared of fire, but my wife will light a candle and then she can leave the room. No, no, no. Yeah, I got. We got fluffy cat's tails and all that different she, shit. She'll start a fire in the garden. Yeah, and uh. And I'll make her like stomp it out yep. and put water on. Yeah, it. my girls like that too. I'll but wet it down. She'll, all the stones. She and, is not afraid of fire. Yeah, I mean she's. I am. I, I don't fuck with electricity. Anything with, I don't I, fuck with I, electricity. I, uh, we had somebody come and look at our electrical box, and I was like, "Oh man, he's gonna he's gonna think this looks bad." And he, he I was there when he opened it, and he was like, "Yeah, it looks better than I thought it would." He said, "I'll just change this out and this out, and yeah, you lo- it looks great." I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Awesome," because I was like, "Man, I see the lights dim when the AC comes on." He's like, "That's normal." He says, "Unless it, it really dims like crazy." Uh, you, yeah. He says, "It does it at my house." He says, "That's no big deal," it, but I'm always more freaked out about electricity. I always want to like every three months. I I'll ask my wife, "Where's the fire extinguisher?" D- just my to, water, to know where it is. My water heater, if you jiggle the electric cord yeah. coming in, sparks. Oh. Yeah, see I have nightmares of going to the route like when my and wife's gone and then the coming fire. back and, and finding fire trucks here and dead cats and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah. and dead wives." And well, no, if she's gone, if she's not oh, at the house okay. because I assume she would wake up and <laughs> and you do something that, and put it but... up. Uh she the way she uh sleeps, I think she would know it. I I'm sure I would. Tube. We got some smart cats. I don't know. You hopefully they, they'll uh, yeah. pull like a, a a German Shepherd thing. It's like, yeah. Paul, get up, get up, <laughs> Lassie. <laughs> no, they're just sitting by the fire. This is so toasty right now. I'm pretty sure my donkey would go nuts. Yeah, it would go nuts. Yeah. So fire scares me, man. And this was a scary scene, man. Remember the kid uh, Jason oh, Gedrick yeah. from, uh, Iron, from Eagle. Iron Eagle? Man, he 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 dies badly in a lot of movies. <laughs> he does. Really does. And uh, sometimes at the very beginning yeah. of the movie. And didn't he die in? Iron Eagle 2. Iron Eagle 2. In the first 10 minutes. First five minutes, man. They just <laughs> kill Jason Gedrick off, man. He, he's great, man. We saw him in that luck though. show, that uh, that dog, uh, or that horse racing the, show he, on HBO. He was in Heavenly Kid, too, wasn't he? Yep, Heavenly Kid, yeah. That's he, a movie he was nobody a big, has, uh, has seen in a while. I just saw it like six months ago because I had bought it, and I was going, I'm constantly going through Such movies. Movie. I buy more than I can watch, so I constantly have a it's list It's almost going. like the Can't Buy Me Love where he's a dork, and yeah. he gets 
transformed, and then he gets a big head about it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly that. But he's got like a. Uh, he's got his dad. He's got his, him. his dad, who's like an angel that no one can see, type of deal. In it. Yeah, he was good in that. But he was good in this. And it was great. I love the premise of it that you have <clears throat> the older brother, played by Kurt Russell, who's got his. He's very well respected. He's a, he's a badass. He's a captain. He's his a captain. dad was a legacy yeah. fireman. And so now William Baldwin wants to join the force, and they were like, well, we're going to put you through the shit. You know, yeah. if you want to do this, and uh, there's kind of some animosity going back between the two uh, guys. Well, he's a, kind of a fuck up. Yeah, he, he is. He comes of a fuck crawling up. back into town. He was like selling log cabins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like went bankrupt. Yeah, and, and like, you're like, hey, if you're gonna do this, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go full in and everything. But then he remember he, he screwed with him. He fucks he, up at one point though. But then he like Kurt Russell like sends him to another firehouse yep. or something. And, and then he totally stops being a firefighter altogether and just starts being an inspector with, with which really starts the movie really to yeah. me was when he started working with um, with De Niro and figuring everything out and I, I heard a lot of stories it was almost uh, calling like, bullshit on the investigation point of this. Really? I've heard firefighters come really? through and, and, and it seems be like, like they went from great, great care to You would think but I've heard several firefighters on like the Rogan uh, podcast that had said yeah you, there's a lot of that stuff you just can't investigate. Like you can't pull off fingerprints off off stuff like that. He says yeah. you can't do it. That's a movie Probably thing. I could now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They, they were saying that it's it's like a, a so thing you that you want can't to do. Come- Commit crime out there. Just remember, burn everything. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was fun to watch him do it and how the investigation works and how he was splitting open the wood. And I just like at one point there. you realized this is a firefighter and it's a mystery doing movie. this. You know, you know, and he thought it was his brother. Yeah, I'm not he gonna really thought he was brother, but yeah, it turns I, out to be someone else. I just remember the great scene when he he like goes on his boat and sees all the chemicals but then he gets assaulted remember yeah and he like struggles with the burglar That's right, and he burns, burns the guys on the, uh, back on the outlet on the outlet and and then like that's when the epiphany moment happens there's a big fire coming yeah. And well, even before that he goes into that locker room and he sees that mark on someone's that's what back. I was just going to say he sees a mark and the a big uh, character too it was a big yeah. character in the movie i just remember there's very few scenes in movies that choked me up. Yeah. But when he... Oh, he's like, that's my brother down there. That's that's the scene well, that hits me when, when he's, he's like... like if, if you go, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And it's like, I, I'm getting almost choked up talking yeah, yeah. about that and scene. And it's like, it's they're like, like holding him uh, above the fire. Kurt Russell's face, he was famous for kind of being able to do that anyways, yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. But remember, he had his face was shaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that roof, remember the, the gimbal oh, roof man. that they had? That was which crazy. was a big thing on the set. Yeah. I had seen a making of it at one point, and they had this roof. The roof was supposed to be giving away, but it was on a gimbal where it was like shrinking on one yeah, side yeah, yeah, and the yeah. other, and it kept moving and everything, and they were like jumping off of it. it they were That fire at the end, they should never even have been in there, man. It was like a horrible, yeah. horrible but, fire. Uh, and let the burning. But, it wasn't like there was people there. Let the thing. Burn I think the some of the firefighters are there, but if they hadn't gone in initially, they yeah. wouldn't have been trapped. It's I mean, that's, a, the, that's the problem with it. I mean,. It, it, Say what you want about police officers; they have a tough job. Firefighters, but firefighters. I, I, you know, as it's far as respect job, goes, man. I, I have mean, a lot more respect oh. for firefighters. Firefighters. Than I, do cops. I don't have anything against cops in general, but there's a lot of douchebag cops, there's a, like there's Frank, the Frank much... Archers of the world. Oh yeah, that just get into it. <laughs> I'm gonna get a ticket <laughs> like next a time sh- I'm against somebody we grew up with. <laughs> he became a cop. He, he was and a then he, And then yeah. he just proceeded to shit on everybody that. Yeah. Picked on him. No, that town hated him after a while. Yeah, uh, Mansfield did not have, uh, but that's the difference between cops and firefighters. There's there's a certain uh, 
there's a certain uh, part of the cops where you could go like shady, where you can't really. That's why I couldn't be a cop. You can't really do that. Because if, if I found a bundle, if I found ten thousand, if I found five thousand dollars, if I found four thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there isn't really that with. Uh, with firefighters, other than this obviously fictional movie where the people actually wanted to kill somebody. Uh, well, the the guy's speech at the end was like they were cutting funding. Yeah, they're cutting funding. They're killing us. The, they're killing our they're, yeah uh, our job. And it's and like everything. you can understand where somebody. Is it J T. Walsh in this too? He yeah. was one of the shady guys. That got and killed. I'm pretty sure that this was pulled from the news. Like I'm, I, I think. Oh really? Yeah, it's possible for sure. And I, not, I mean, like multiple times yeah. where, where if there's no fires, you don't need to hire firefighters. So yeah. if a bunch of fires are happening, yeah, like, I mean, in firefighters, as it says, Bowman, like you go back to like the firefighters from like gangs in New York. Oh yeah, when man. it was just like a gang. Oh yeah, or they're like relaying water. Yeah, remember he was like <laughs> sitting on the fire plug. He put the blanket. Oh he yeah, put the yeah. barrel over there and told these. His groups showed up. It's crazy how big that company has come from, uh, or yeah. the firefighters have come from back then till now. I mean, but it, it's also one of the things you, you see fat cops and you're like, how does this work? You know, yeah. <laughs> it, I don't mind fat firefighters because I've heard several people. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to was is a former firefighter that tell him Steve Day Pod, one of the, the guy from Impractical Jokers. And he, he tells a lot of firefighter stories, and he was like, the, he's like, when you get to a certain age, you know, you move to a different position, and that position is invaluable. You know, you're driving the truck now, and you're outside uh, coordinating, like, or coordinating things, things yeah. to do. He says you can you can be I'm out of shape. You I'm can, the good. I'm in shape, but I'm I'm a good coordinator. Yeah, you don't get rid of people that have been there for 20, 25. No years because those are the most valuable guys you got but but you can't do the you can't do the uh the narc chase through the park no trying to get, no 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 to get, that the, ain't, that ain't gonna get the drug fiend well that's why it's <laughs> it's hilarious when i see I, I hate to shit on some gainesville cops but there's some big fatties around here well, as cops man and there I, was one that we knew from from uh i don't know his name so it doesn't matter but from gainesville he was he was a bouncer at Silver Q, and yeah. then became that's a right, cop. that's right. I remember him. But he was the one that shot the guy that had the machete in the UF housing. Uh-huh. But he's also one that egged, that was driving around with other cops egging. Yeah, that's African Americans' homes. Not good, man. Like yelling, yelling yeah. racial epithets out the window. That would have been even a bigger story if it had happened uh, recently. Yeah, I it was, it was back like fifteen years ago. But yeah. he got fired recently. Yeah. They need high standards for that type of job too, and and physical standards too. I don't understand how they can have. Obviously, you can. Uh, you're not you're not running. This they guy ain't running people, for anything. They should teach cops how to shoot people in the leg. If someone's coming at <laughs> you with a hard, knife. But... <laughs> there's no justification to killing that person if you can stop them. Yeah, I mean, have a beanbag guns. You're know? like, well, he puts our lives in safety. You're a cop. Your life's in. You are more trouble helping someone to tie, change a tire on the interstate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Then someone running at you, well, you could shoot them six times in the leg before they get to you. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. Firefighters, man. We love them. 1991. So we're going to jump forward. get some tickets. (laughs) That was Paul that went on that rent, by the way. Paul (laughs) Dupree. (laughs) Two E's. I have have nothing but respect. I don't know what you're talking about. So we're going to jump forward. Just for the record, I have a wildly different opinion. opinion. (laughs) We're going to jump forward four years. We're going to go to 1995. Everyone's favorite uh, historical drama, man. One of my top 25 movies of all time. I'm going to say this. If you see a disc, get me that disc. Okay. You don't have it? Okay. I don't have it. This is one of those ones I would watch every year. 
along with hey, you uh, have to put a list together JFK, for me because I, I see so many uh, long form uh, historical movies. Yeah, all those things are great. Any so, long long form historical movie, Lincoln. Uh, uh, well, I have an old Das Boot that's not the five hour version, so I yes. give you that. Well, who'd want that? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> who'd want anything but the five hour version? <laughs> yeah. uh, you wouldn't even know it. The other one's great. So I'm, I'm wondering if I can even Let me tell guess. the difference. Submarines underwater. Yep. Damn right. <laughs> no chicks, just <laughs> but sausage semen. party. <laughs> but sausage party with the that semen. That thing's full of semen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to go 1995. <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> 1995, Apollo 13. Uh, I love Apollo 13, man. One of the best soundtracks ever, one of the best casts ever, one of the best movies ever, man. It's top 25, in my opinion, yep. uh, of all time. Uh, real story. We knew it going into it, what was going to happen, and so a lot of people were like, "Ah, eh, you know, I know the story, but no." I mean, we didn't know the story. You don't know the outcome. This was brilliantly acted. We would we try to name this cast. We'll forget somebody, but we can try it anyway. So on the uh, on the ship itself, we got obviously Tom Hanks playing Jim Lovell. We have uh, Bill, the great Bill Paxton, uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, Gary Sinise didn't, wasn't able to go because he supposedly had the flu, but he didn't. Chicken pox. Uh, chicken pox. Is that what it was? Yeah. And uh, on the ground, uh, Ed Harris in one of Ed Harris's best roles. Clint Howard in one of Clint Howard's best roles. You know how they have those uh, escape rooms? Yeah. I always thought that it would be cool to have a a game where you did what they did. Yeah, in that room. And they just dumped out a box and said, this is all the stuff they have up there. How do they fix the problem they have yeah. using at just one point, this they, stuff? So if, if you're not familiar, we'll just give the quick run over before we talk about individual scenes. So it's it's during the the, the space program, obviously the Apollo, Apollo missions, missions 11, the Mercury had already happened, Gemini had already happened. landed on the moon with Apollo Eleven. Uh, yep, they landed on the moon, and they so, were going back to land on yep, the moon. Level was they were bringing space rocks back. They were going to do all this stuff, but something happened when they stirred the oxygen tanks before they got to the moon, and they then had a short. And it, it blew, it, and it drained, the, yep. it blew the battery connection, and they were losing power. Yep. Within five minutes, they all knew it, too. They were like, yeah. we just lost the moon. We're, we're not, yep. now it's a rescue mission. Like, now are we going to make it back at yeah. all? Because and it, we're, at the, the time, moon's not going to happen. And still, I think, technically, no one has ever died in space yeah. During the U.S. space program, it's yeah. always been in the on the pad, pad yeah. that fire launch, that happened right before. And then this. during the was it twelve? Was twelve the one where they burned to death on the uh, in the simulator? I think so. Yeah, it was bad. not in the simulator. It was uh, yeah, something it else. Was, it w- I don't. They, I think it was during like, the launch. They like cooked. Yeah, inside they, it was horrible. They, they had no way to get out. Remember the kid from uh, from Pet Cemetery uh, played Tom Hanks's son. And yeah. Remember when it went bad and he was like, "Was it the door?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, man, it was. It's so great. So, and I remember they even had like, and I think that was the big thing that Lovell said because I listened to the commentary. They said they never once they had a little bit of a uh, of a brouhaha on on the thing where they were yelling at Kevin Bacon. He says I, they told me to stir the tanks. I stirred the damn tanks, and they got angry at it. Lovell said they never had that. They they never got even angry at each other. They understood that yeah. you push that button. That obviously it's not yeah. <laughs> anything you did that made this happen. But at, <laughs> it, it wasn't even that that they. They had problems with the heat shield. They didn't know if the heat shield was damaged. It was just one problem after the number. Yeah, the oxygen filters, the... They were expecting rocks to be on there, so they had to bring more weight on because the weight distribution wasn't right. They the windows to get back, the uh, the thinness of the uh, of the. Do you ever watch uh, the uh, Earth to the Moon? The, yes. Uh, the series on yeah. HBO, so good, man. It was like 
it must have been like eight I mean, episodes. They were, they were, I'm always fascinated with the space program anyways. It's, because it's like, that's the leading edge of science. Yeah. Like, there's nothing beyond, like, they're doing everything they know yeah, at yeah. that time. Yeah, it's yeah. not like their knowledge base is beyond. And, and we nowadays, had, it's almost commercial. It's kind of like, a, we had like, like a 20-gap where they weren't even touching anything space-related, really, until uh, Elon SpaceX, had come SpaceX in. SpaceX had, a, had an explosion. Oh, yeah. That, I saw it. Yeah. Luckily, that was, a, that was a practice run. So, But it it's a, like, okay, we're gonna, they're going to put people in there. Yeah, yeah. And it flips. Even Elon, Elon has said, like, four years, we could have people going to Mars. It's yeah. like the, the ability, because we know there's that, there's that window that yeah. only comes around and the every biggest, four years. The biggest problem, at least that I knew of Mars, it's like, they need to figure out how to make water. Yeah. Because you can't, it weighs too, you couldn't take enough water with you yeah. to get there. Have you seen The Martian with Matt Damon? Uh, yes. Really good. That was good a good thing. Good thing I'm, when he holds up the, yeah. his title, <laughs> yeah. the botanist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, apparently the book's even better, but I, I love the movie. I thought the movie was great. I only saw it once, so I'll have to rewatch it. But some of the scenes from this, like you said, the, the, the scene where they had to build the filter, and that was it. They were like, we need to find a, uh, a way to... Square peg to in a round hole. Yeah, square peg <laughs> in a round hole, and they were able to do it, man. But even before that, I, I love when Ed Harris went in the room with the chalkboard, and we were like... They were arguing the slingshot. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Should we a direct reversal, or we should we slingshot him around the uh, around the moon, and that would send him on a trajectory back here?" And they were the, arguing it hardcore. Yeah, like the uh, the Swedish guy from Vibes yep. was in the room, and then yep. the guy from uh, from Oh Brother Where Art Thou that got uh, that punched him at the Woolworth oh, yeah. was one of the other guys, and they're arguing. And I love the guy who created the limb. Uh, yeah. He says, "I want you to know, we did not design <laughs> the limb to yeah, work as a rescue boat." <laughs> and I love the scene later on when it makes it, and he's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's like, I guess you get to keep your job, right? He says, damn right. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to see something really cool? There's some f- documentaries out there talking about how they designed that uh, that Martian rover. Yeah. How, the, but the landing of it. Uh-huh. They had to, like, the way they talked about it, they had to, like, fly it down at a certain trajectory. Tested it in the desert and, and shit then, like that. But, like, when they actually had to do it, it had yeah. to fire rockets off. Had to, to get it suspension. to stop. Like, they, had to, they were coming down at, like, 20,000 miles an yeah. hour, and then they had to blow rockets off at a certain level and jettison this thing. Be and the parachute fun, had to come off, and it's like, yeah, but you're working on something for yeah. years. years. They could be over in it two could seconds. be scrapped. Yeah. yeah. We got something better. Sorry. <laughs> now they're landing rockets on um, on meteorites yeah. or asteroids. Or asteroids, yeah. It's crazy, man. Armageddon would have never happened, man. They could have yeah. just done it. Or, or actually probably could have happened because it wouldn't have happened before that. Listen, if we <laughs> stay on this planet long yeah. enough, we're going to have an Armageddon moment at some point. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's just math. Yeah. <laughs> it's don't math, send, son. Don't send Ben Affleck up there. <laughs> it ain't going to work. Good thing Ben Affleck will be dead. <laughs> He'll be gone by then. But, you uh, know, there are some things that's cool. Like, they'll say, um, there's, there's asteroids that we can't see, yeah. so we can't track them because they're behind the sun or behind the moon and then like they'll announce a previously undiscovered asteroid flew close to the earth yesterday and it's like 75 million miles but it happens probably a lot more than you think yeah but then when they talk about it they're like they're like 75 million miles is not that far yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) we have no our brains don't even work that way where we can even uh contemplate that i love when they made the uh what the uh, mission control I there was stories that they brought some of the old guys into the the set and they said they recreated yeah. everything like coffee stains yeah. on shit and stuff that like they had no Maria clue that they could possibly do this this discussion last night because it, it's uh 
the sun's light, it takes eight minutes. So the light yeah. you're seeing right now yeah, left yeah. the sun eight minutes ago. Uh-huh. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, how far man. we are from the sun. Science, man. Science and math are science. insane. That's that's why <laughs> the, you people out there, if you, you learn science and math, you'll you'll go far because it's I like hate, huge. I can't believe I hated math so much. And then I got I was good, good at it too. I was and good I didn't at like it. it. I didn't like and it. I didn't like it. I, I I ended up taking a lot of my they, in high school we had a lot of uh, we could choose which courses you want a lot more than you probably could at the Christian school. Algebra. Uh, and I remember taking all my math so the senior year I hadn't taken a math class since uh, algebra 2 was my last class and I yeah. took it as a junior year so I haven't taken a math class since then but I it, obviously you don't use half of that shit now. They re- really need I, to reevaluate. I do a lot with um yeah, depending on your with my business yeah. consulting. I mean, if you're in like evaluating things, cash flow yeah. and evaluating oh, yeah. accounting, probably would have been better com- for that than yeah. uh, than algebra. Really, I use a lot of like differential equations, like trying Formulas to understand, yeah, trying to understand, you know, profit levels based on different. I mean, you're an astronaut. That's that's certainly what you'd be using a lot of. It seems like they they certainly did. They, Nowadays, you could be, level. just be a pilot. Yeah, if you're the, good at video the, games, the, you're a good uh, drone pilot. The, uh, you know? All the math guys are sitting at Mission Control. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're getting fat and drinking their coffee. And no, they're all 20-year-old <laughs> girls. Well, that's true, too, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was an exciting movie, man. I, I can't even think of a better example of the pairing of that uh, soundtrack to that score with the excitement of them going through and wondering if the reentry is going to work and everything. And I, I mean, you're watching the, his kid at school watching it on TV, and we are, they made something exciting that we all knew how it was going to end, you know. And yeah. so it was it was great that they were able to accomplish that. Really good. They should have all won awards. He should have won an Oscar for it. Uh, Ron Howard, I'm pretty sure, is only won uh, one Oscar, and it's for the one we're going to talk about not next, but the one. I after remember that. sitting in. I remember sitting at. In afternoon class or whenever for the Challenger, yeah, yeah. they. My friend, uh, Mr. Conley, came in and said the Challenger just blew up, yep. and Kevin Bowen started laughing because he thought that it was a joke. Thought it was a joke, and then we turned on the TV. I was still then, at Mansfield because I was at in the cafeteria with uh, uh, Stephen Turner and Brad Archer when Stephen came and said. Uh, uh, apparently everyone else was watching it in the class, but I had like uh, I was at uh, lunch at that point, and they were like the Challenger blew up. I was like, what? And then yeah, it, it, well, I remember it was a big deal because it was they like were one... talking about the teacher that was going to go oh, up. Yeah, like yeah. it was yeah. a really educational moment oh, yeah. where they were like, the teacher is going to go into and space, those, and she's going to talk about it. And badly ill-tasted oh. jokes came out probably a day later. I if mean, that, yeah. Like, I what's mean, it this was, button it was do? quick. Yeah. Or, or the what's the last thing the person said on the challenger? What's this button do? Yeah, what was the uh, what was their their favorite candy was Starbursts? <laughs> they were bad. They were bad. They were, they were right up there with like Kids. dead baby jokes. You know, like kid. And I understand a lot of people have to do that to just kind of deal with it, it and everything. But uh, that's what they say about like firefighters and cops. And that getting back to a firefighter just for a second, the the guy from the pod I listened to, he says. He says, if you guys heard what we made fun of just to be able to deal with the situation, he says, we'd found bloated dead bodies and everything. We had to make jokes about it or or we it was our only we way of being able sleep. to deal with it, man. And I, I get it, but obviously you don't want to be caught doing well, that. I remember dad's friend, Paul Shalika, remember? Yeah, yeah that was he his He was job. the diver yep. to go and get the drowned kids that yep. fall through the ice every year. Yep. And there was always somebody in the county. Yep. Would he would go in. Year. I remember dad telling us about it. Yeah. He would have like icicles on his uh, mustache 
when he came out of the water yeah. because it was so fucking cold. And he had to go get the bloated dead yeah, that's kids. Gotta be, uh, that's got to sit well with you at night. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next movie, a year later, man. This was such a fun movie. It started an asshole, but it, it didn't take he away kept from the- Gary Sinise? <laughs> no, don't give Derek. Gary Sinise is a fucking, uh, he's a, he does so Not much for the military. Not many kept Gary Sinise from the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he likes to reuse people for sure. So this is 1996 Ransom, man. I loved it. I, I love oh, this movie, it was great. man. It was such a great movie. I mean, Very he's tense. an asshole, but- He's an asshole. He knows plot structure. He knows plot structure for sure. <laughs> uh, people have tried to still let him make movies. And he I still makes movies. It's he not going to work. Movies. I don't think it's going to work out for him, though. It, it doesn't. None of those movies. I mean, there are B-movies and everything, and he can make money off it and everything, but he's not going to do a big budget He's loved again. in the Christian community. They're, they're talking about him uh, doing that lethal weapon that'll never happen. You watch. It'll never happen. Uh, I mean, you can make a Lethal Weapon movie, but you better do a prequel, or you better here's, do. Answer this question for me: How is Mike Tyson supposed? No, I. I agree. How is Mike Tyson still one of the most beloved yeah. people out there? I agree because he's reformed and he he talks about it. I think that's. I think he went that's to the main prison thing. for beating up and raping. Somebody. Yeah, but he, he also come, came out yes. and said it was the drugs. I was in a bad place, and I I asked for forgiveness, and that's the thing. Did you find Jesus? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, and he found that's weed. He, do, that's he found weed. He that's found for weed. sure. Yeah. But the problem with Mel Gibson is he's he's never come out and apologized for shit. You know? Yeah. He, he just falls back on Christianity. Yep. Yeah, he just falls back and Jews, Jews killed Jesus. And I mean. <laughs> Well, the Romans did, but the Romans did, <laughs> and, and, and that was his big thing. Well, obviously, when you get drunk and you start spouting bullshit to cops that on film, you, you gotta you gotta know when you're being filmed, you know, because he, if he wasn't filmed that night or that phone call where he said he was gonna punch his wife in the face for not giving him a blowjob, I said those are the type of things that aren't gonna yeah. sit well with noble people, you know. Yeah. But he he was uh, he, he was great in this movie, time. man. So we got Gary Sinise. We have uh, what's the girl from Lethal Weapon three that was amazing in this? Oh, uh, uh, damn, man, Renzel, she's so good. Uh, Renee uh, uh, Russo. Russo. Renee Russo, really good. And uh, one of the first movies we saw, um, the Wahlberg. Uh, what was the the brother? Uh, Donnie. Donnie Wahlberg. He really great. good in this man. He was thick because uh, remember we saw him do this, and then we saw him oh, in Sixth Sense. You were like, Sense? what the hell? He I didn't even he recognize him when he came on screen. Uh, M. Knight said he had never recognized him when he got on set because he, when he hired him, he didn't look like that. He said he looked normal. But he looked did he like tell him to... He didn't tell him. When he yeah. showed on the set, he was emaciated and he was like, oh, I thought this would be better for the role. And it turned out it was better for the role to the point where I think we saw it twice before we realized it was him. Huh. It, it was really weird. Powerful. He, he was like the, uh, the, the lovable kidnapper, I guess. There's always one kidnapper that feels bad about doing the kidnapping. And that I was saw, this guy. I saw Outrageous Four. Was it Outrageous No, it was oh, uh, Yeah, uh, Ruthless People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bacon in the pan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, really good. That's a great. That was a good ransom movie too. Uh, but yeah, you know so, what? Has ransom ever worked? Yeah, <laughs> ever in the history? Only in South. We don't America. hear about it. We Only don't in hear South America. Because yeah. they actually pay. Yeah, them. Oh, Mexico, Mexico City. Yeah, you they'll, they'll, ran, pay you. they'll pay you. They'll yeah. pay you. What was that movie with Russell Crowe where he went down there to help uh, was it negotiate? Body of Lies, maybe, or was it? Uh, no, I know which one you're talking about, but I'm not sure of the title. With Meg Ryan, maybe. Oh, damn! What the proof of life? Proof of life. Proof of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good movies about it too, for sure. Most uh, often, kidnapping doesn't. Delroy work. Lindo, awesome in this movie, man, yeah. as, as the cop and everything. So basically, what happens is they're at like a festival, and someone snatches uh, Mel Gibson's kid. You know, everything that parent warned you about, like if you're going to get taken, that's a. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. Some great <laughs> elements to this movie because what I did enjoy about it is they didn't tell you who the bad guy was until about halfway through it, but it was sooner than you expected. They they told you sooner than you – it wasn't going to be at the end. No. So we can reveal – But you kinda, had information that other – 
that the main character in the movie didn't yeah, have yeah. as it, an audience. And we'll kind of spoil it here just because they spoil it in the middle of the movie. It's not like the, the end of the movie. <laughs> so uh, the, behind the kidnapping is Gary Sinise, who's a cop. Who's the detective. Uh, he's one of the detectives one of the involved lead detectives in it and everything. In one of my favorite scenes is the like Dirty Harry moment, is what I call, where he bounces uh, Mel Gibson around town yeah. and... and Get in like some serious stuff. Like you got to jump into the YMCA pool to grab a key and yeah. then take that key yeah, yeah. to someplace else. And remember, he's he's one of my favorite. I love when people. What moment? It, it could be done. Uh, the Die Hard Three moment. No, what, what did I just say? Uh, Dirty Harry. Because Dirty hard, Harry. Die Hard. Oh, Die, Die Hard Three definitely had that element. Remember, to we it. made him fill the oh, yeah, yeah. containers. But I liked it. <laughs> yeah. He was in the background. He's like laughing about yeah, yeah, making yeah. him do all that that shit. was just as a distraction yeah, for yeah. sure but uh one of my favorite scenes and sometimes it works well in movies when they literally talk about other movies like they kind of break yeah. that wall mm-hmm. of uh it's like, hey i've seen that movie too yeah, we're going to talk about a movie while making a movie the, no one does it better than quentin tarantino quentin yeah. tarantino will talk about madonna yeah. uh during a movie or or whatever movie or uh the uh White Charlie Chang over here. That. He does it all the time. It was really great. Some people do it bad. We even did it in one of our movies where we talked about Marathon Man. Mm-hmm. One of the best movies that I can think about that does it is where Gary Sinise is telling him about um, the time machine. The time machine where they had the, the group of people who lived underground, mm-hmm. the the Morloys and the, the Morlocks. Morlocks. The Morlocks and the Morloys or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And one of them lived underground and the, the well-to-do people lived up. The beautiful people lived on top of the ground. Of and like the, the scummy kind of monster-like creatures lived underground. And every once in a while, the underground people would come up to the, to the surface Snatch. and grab one of the people. And he's telling him this story as they're driving. And he's like right behind him. He doesn't realize that, Mel Gibson yeah. doesn't realize that he's right behind him and talking to him and he's, he's my, masking his voice my too. favorite part of this movie was like he was trying to get money from him yeah but then at one point he's like i can look good by rescuing yeah yeah see he took it he took kid. it one level yeah. where he shouldn't it have. was great goal he and when yeah. he shows back at the house and yeah. the little kid he sees just, him he shouldn't have what would you expect and the little kid just heard his voice right it wasn't it wasn't like a yeah. sight thing yeah. because no, he, he heard he, his voice and remember he pissed his he pants he pissed his pants right in front of him Mel Gibson front of looks over and sees that he pissed himself and he knows oh something yep. just went mm-hmm. wrong here because I don't know who was I haven't seen it in a long time I'm not sure who else was on his crew besides Mark uh, or a, Donnie Wahlberg there was a girl and he shot yeah there was a couple of the people both of them or yeah, uh, Gary, Gary Sinise, Sinise that's what I'm saying he, like, he turned on his own yeah. on mm-hmm. his own people he's like alright this went sideways god it was a fantastic movie it was a great movie it was really really good even though we spoiled a bunch of it it's still oh god like I said they revealed the Gary Sinise thing early in the movie because they want you to really enjoy it. You know, they could have done it in a completely different way, which I, I'm kind of all for that, especially when you when they're when a lot of people figure shit out. You know, when nowadays there's some smart viewers who it's it's hard to keep that that big reveal. <laughs> That's why M Night Shyamalan took a while to come back to another movie. He, he well, just... because we were expecting it after then, and, yeah. and when when you reveal yourself as a director who's always going to have a uh, surprise ending from the beginning, we're trying to figure it out. You know, and uh, that's why I, I feel Hitchcock that way was so great because Hitchcock came out and told you. Yeah, he would tell you a lot of times. He would tell you, early or they on, would tell you and from then the you point and of the view. audience. As the audience member, no, yeah. and then you're like yelling at the screen. Look at Rope. Rope Rope is yeah. probably the best example yeah. of it. It starts out with the murder. We knew who murdered him, and then it was about them trying to get away with it, which is a whole different movie, but a whole exciting movie to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, this next movie. Fantastic movie. He probably should have gotten Talking about the, math. Uh, he, <laughs> what's that? Speaking about math. About who? 
Oh, math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a math thinking movie, but it had so many other elements to it, like the. Uh, he uses it, Ed, Ed uh, Harris again, yeah. Yep. Ed Harris, uh, well, we should name of the movie. <laughs> a Beautiful Mind, 2001. He should have. Uh, Ron Howard won the uh, best director for this movie, and I think best picture. I think it won best actor for Russell Crowe also. True story, John Nash. Uh, schizophrenic schizophrenic mathematician uh, really really brilliant but he had some and what I loved about this movie is how they told the story I mean it's almost to the point where he was a brilliant mathematician because of his disorder I mean we think of people with autism who are on a on a A whole different different level because they're on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and uh, he certainly was that but the the problem with him is he was having massive delusions massive delusions where he didn't know what was real and what wasn't to the point where he was like running around in circles talking to people yeah (laughs) I don't know (laughs) have Uh, we ever done a podcast (laughs) am I even here (laughs) a freaking so when I hear people talk about doing drugs (laughs) like doing hallucinogens oh yeah yeah I'm like, no, no, thank you. Doesn't sound right. No, I like reality. <laughs> I like to alter my reality. I'll pour a little bourbon on it every like once to, in a while. I like or whatever. to get it, but to keep, I still like grounded. It. I like to look at something and know it's there. <laughs> know it's there. <laughs> so to uh, be somebody like him, I, uh, like uh, it's seems it's crazy, man. Crazy. And, and they they filmed it a really well. And, and I don't want to reveal a whole hell of a lot of it because there was some great stuff with it. Like, what's the guy that played the Vision? Uh, in the Marvel movies, that was his friend. You know, the redheaded guy. You're asking me a superhero question. Well, no, the the actor. You know, the actor who played his best friend in the movie that went to school with him. Uh, he was also the the guy who whipped himself in the Da Vinci Code. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. married Jennifer Connelly in real life. Did he? Uh, yeah, they they've been married for a while. I think they have like wow. three kids together. So Jennifer Connelly was in this. I always loved Jennifer Connelly Jennifer ever Connelly. since Labyrinth. Uh, and she was probably one of the most beautiful women ever, in, in my opinion, and she was so gorgeous in this playing, uh, playing uh, John Nash's wife. Very kind of normal couple and everything, and he ended up getting a job working. It's hard to even talk about this, you know, with, with not revealing some of the stuff that yeah. happens because he, he gets hired by uh, Ed Harris, who's working for the government and saying, we need you to go through and we need you to... There, there's secret messages kind of embedded in a lot of this material. Mm-hmm. We need someone with your type of mind to be able to look at it and pinpoint what the Russians or whatever uh, uh, our enemies are trying to get across in like normal publications, which may or may not uh, be a thing. I'm sure. It's a I, thing. I'm sure it's a thing. I mean, it, it, it makes sense that that's what they would do. I'm absolutely sure. It's a thing. And they gave him a job that you would he would figure stuff out, then he would uh, he would circle what he thought and give his evaluation. Just because you're paranoid doesn't yeah. mean they're not watching you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so then he would dump his uh, his dump his findings in this Dropbox, yeah. and then he would get another assignment and everything, and he would he'd be talking to. Ed Harris, or he'd be talking to his friend, uh, and it, it seemed like a normal kind of thing until about uh, halfway through the movie, Christopher Plummer uh, paid him a visit, and, you know, and and explaining to him, he says, you know, half the shit you're seeing isn't really happening, and we don't know, we don't know how the scale the, of it. Yeah, we don't know what is real, and, and, and it isn't even real. a point where. He, he he understands that he might be a little delusional and yeah. he starts taking his drugs. But then, like a lot of people, he, he says, I, I can't feel anything. I can't make love to my wife. You know, I don't want to be on the drugs anymore. And you don't realize he's off him uh, at a point until how far he's gone back into yeah, it yeah. and fallen back into it. And he's He's got, like, his wife is a very patient 
woman in this movie. <laughs> Super patient movie. To the point where she was so scared for her and the kids that she got into the, uh, remember, she got into the car with the kids in the rain and was about to take off to her sister's house or something. And he got into the, uh, he got in front of the car because he, he keeps see- this specific people that he keeps seeing that are completely un- yeah, mm-hmm. not real. One of them is a little girl. Well, didn't, and, he, and didn't that was eventually his- they come to him and say, you you notice she never ages. That was what he said right. when he's in front of the wife. Remember, yeah. she's about to drive away, yeah. and he's like, she never gets old. That little girl I keep seeing, she never gets old, she, so she must not be real. She's been that age forever, and so he's trying to grapple with it. It must be an amazing thing having, like, an extreme mental illness like that and trying to, like, you're basically you're wrestling with your brain, you know, to try to uh, to figure out what the hell is happening. It's got to be a nightmare. I mean, I mean he was in a wife, living nightmare. To a, to a small extent, Maria, and she doesn't mind me talking about this because yeah. she's pretty uh documented of being a proponent for for taking Zoloft yeah and, for sp- specific drugs man and she, her whole life changed after she started taking those because yep. her brain was her worst enemy yeah and still it's not her best friend yeah but it's at least those drugs drugs work man certain well uh, it, it, it's almost like Howard Hughes if Howard Hughes is is almost the same type of person he was brilliant yep innovator and you just have one could, thing if, in your brain not if firing he had just he had just had drugs. Yep. He, he, his whole life would have been different. Yeah. There's so many people like that. And there's so many people that, very similar to John Nash, feel like they should go off it. And it just does not turn out and well. And I get why. For a lot of... Because you don't... It, it, it depresses... They're antidepressants. Yeah. I mean... They, Certain people, though, when they go off it... it, it that's where suicide comes in yeah. too, you know. And I was just listening. I mean, to they one warn of, you uh, that when you take the oh, drug. Oh yeah, They're I was like, listening. Don't go off I mean, you drug. look at the the even the things on TV when they're advertising it. And it's like suicidal tendencies. Suicidal tendencies is are, are, yeah. are a big part of I all like of them. I like to think like Robin Williams is. I, yeah, Robin Williams was, was one of them. Probably, I mean, he was secretly living with uh, I mean, the uh, definite, what was it the Louis, uh, yeah. Louis Body or Louis Louis Body or something like that. He had uh, and no one knew dysmorphia or something. No one, no one knew about it. But he, I mean, he's the very definition of manic. Yeah, like Robin Williams. Yeah, like that, I can't even watch some of his right, old man. I, I mean, can't even watch some of his old stand up. It's exhausting to see yeah. him. But I mean, when it he's on it, it, he was good. I just listened to uh, an old uh, Joey Diaz pod where uh, Bodie Miller had just died. Uh, you know the stand up comedian mm-hmm. Bodie Miller, and uh, he had he, he was a wild man. He opened he he. Open for a lot of uh, famous comedians and everything, and everyone loved him all, uh, Diaz and all that whole crowd and everything. And he went off his meds, and then uh, uh, people had seen him one day, and then the next day he's he hung himself. And yeah. then people are wondering what the hell happened. Well, what happened is he went off his meds, and you know, it, it's it's a lot better when you, I when you know that you need them and you are uh, vigilant about taking them. You know. Uh, there's a cure. <laughs> for I mean, we know someone right now, and I won't say their name, but we know someone that needs them and, and won't take them. Yeah, and that's frustrating. And as it's hell. almost like this will change your life. Yeah, yeah. If I knew, if I knew that I had some sort of tendencies that were not healthy for me, and if there was a fix, uh, an easy fix uh, to do it, but that's the problem. Is taking those pills always has something about it. Like you, uh, like you said, that you, you you may get a little depressed when you're on it, but not as depressed as you would be without it. Or, or how everyone else around you would be, uh, because it's that's one of those things, and it was similar in obviously Beautiful Mind, where everyone else saw it but Nash. I mean, you have to really kind of 
come to terms in your head with what's actually going on. And you need to have somebody really close to you to kind of keep you right. And I think that was what uh, Jennifer Connelly playing his wife's character did. You know, you got to trust your significant other. When your significant other says you're you're a little um, you're a little manic, you're a little out of control, or <coughs> what you or, talking about? <laughs> you know, if you, if you missed a, a meds, and a, I mean, that might not be a, uh, the best thing to say to somebody uh, who's no, uh, got that condition. That. But, you know, <laughs> it's, you, they got to realize, well, this person's looking out for me, you know, and yeah. that's what you really need when that's the issue. And it was beautifully shown in this movie. I mean, he ended up winning the, was it the Nobel Prize or the... Uh, um, Nobel. It was the Nobel Prize, mm-hmm. yeah. And it went all the way down to him getting the Nobel Prize and, yeah. and getting older. And I, I love that when they tell the story about somebody and they'll tell it through the decades and everything. And we get to see all the makeup on uh, that. Man, Jennifer Connelly even looked hot in that old makeup, man. Mm-hmm. They they made her look like a hot 75-year-old, too. Uh, and same with uh, Nash. And I think he just recently died, didn't he, in the last like 10 years or something like that? Yeah, maybe? sounds right. Yeah. Uh, fantastic movie, man. All right, this next one. I've got three left here. Some, uh, all three were great. <laughs> this next that one right. escapes my memory this. more than any of the ones that oh, were on this list. So you, I love it, man. I'll so let this you is uh, 2005 Cinderella Man. It was a boxing movie. I it was a boxing movie, but it was more of a movie about the Depression. It, and that was what was great about it. When I Renee think about uh, Renee Zellweger, uh, Craig Burkio, who was really good as Max Baer. Unbelievable as Max Baer oh, in this movie. Yeah, 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 you yeah. never would have thought. If you had told me, who do you want playing Max Baer, I would have never have thought of this guy because he's an amazing character actor and I loved him. Do you ever the, hear that guy's uh, story? He's crazy. Oh, Max Baer? Yeah, yeah, he's a madman. Didn't he, he like kill, he's, I think he's, he killed people in yeah, the ring Yeah, he's like something. psychotic and he was, <laughs> he was ruthless. And... Uh, the uh, so James Braddock was the uh, true story. Uh, right? True story. James Braddock during the Depression era. He uh, in the beginning of the movie, the first like third of the movie, Paul Giamatti also really really good. So he was a great boxer at the beginning of the movie, and then the Depression. Isn't this hit. the second because he did Far and Away. Did did uh. Uh, Ron Howard did Far and Away. We didn't talk about it because we talked about it somewhat recently, so I left that one off the but list. He, there was a that was bare knuckle boxing. That was also bare knuckle boxing. So this was the kind of his second kind of uh, dive into the uh, to that genre. And I'll have to go back. I didn't say it during Ransom or Beautiful Mind, but those two movies I didn't know were Ron Howard movies. Yeah, he almost he doesn't like, have went an outside element. himself. Yep. Well, it it's almost like if if. Nowadays, like if they said, if you said, "Oh, we're gonna do an Apollo Eleven movie," I was like, "Well, you got to get Ron Howard because yeah. he's that storyteller guy. Yeah. He's just perfect." But like that. you said, he doesn't have a specific. Like, no, like you can see Brian De Palma when you watch a Brian De Palma movie and you see certain angles and stuff, and you and you see the tr- tracking shots yeah. or Scorsese. You yeah, can, you can spot those. It's funny because the they were interviewing him for that documentary, and they and he was like. Yeah, I was going to do backdraft. I had no idea how we were going to show the fire, but I knew we'd get it done. Yep. And I was like, that's a lot of trust right yeah. there. I mean, like, that's that's somebody that knows they got a lot of money <laughs> behind them. So, uh, But Cinderella Man, like I said, the first third of the movie was dealing with the Depression because he was, he was a good boxer. Giamatti was his coach. He had some wins under him, and then the Depression slammed it, and everything shut down. And they were living in, like, the ghetto. Remember, there's mm-hmm. a great scene where, uh, where Russell Crowe's kid uh, – didn't he Steals. become an enforcer or something? Uh, no, not no, no not that an enforcer. Uh, that was Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I get the two. So he he had a very. Uh, well, it seems like a natural pivot. Yeah, to did. me, if you're a boxer, that's true. <laughs> but he was struggling. I mean, he was he 
they were thinking about well his wife did at some point sent the kids to the sister's house mm-hmm. and and he Russell Crowe had just had a discussion with his son that we would never send you away oh. and you don't have to worry about it and then oh. he comes home from and work gone. and they're yeah. gone and he's like I made that kid a promise we gotta get him back and he's, he's arguing with his wife we are all together we're gonna stay together during this thing and the kid was stealing remember the kid there's a scene where the kid stole a salami mm-hmm. and they were starving and instead of eating it he says we gotta bring it back he says it's not how things are done he was trying to teach him the right way so they had him bring him back and uh uh, he returned it, and he was like, "He's like, we'll find a way. Don't you worry about it." But things got so rough that he had to go and visit uh, Paul Giamatti. Remember, there was a great scene where he went into town. He's a very proud guy too. He was showing up. Uh, he hurt his hand right before he was going to get that labor job, mm-hmm. and he just hid it. He hid that he uh, uh, injured the hand because he needed the work. And he probably wouldn't even got it at all if he hadn't somewhat of a uh, celebrity like mm-hmm. status. He's like, there's that scene where they're all yeah, the men are there's crowded like around, five hundred people looking and, for two jobs. Yeah, and they were like, we got ten jobs for people. You, 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 and they they picked James Braddock, and uh, he had to hide the fact that he hurt his hand and everything. And then at one point, he got fired from that. And Renee Zellweger is just trying to keep the house heated and keep food on the table, and they're like, they're like splitting up little pieces of bologna and everything. So it gets so bad that he has to actually go into the city and like beg for money uh, from Paul Giamatti and all the other boxing promoters are all having. They're at that like club. They're all yeah, drinking. They're, they're all, all eating. They're, they're all like fat and happy. Mm-hmm. And he he in the room he he like takes his hat off and he he's like I just need like thirty dollars to put the heat back on he says you you guys know me I would never come around here and beg for it and they all did they gave him money and everything and Paul Giamatti's like you you need to hook up with me he says maybe we should get you start fighting again and he's like I don't know and he's and he talks him into it and it, it and that element was a real Rocky type story where you know, like he was given the second chance to be able to do it and they were going to have him fight this madman uh, Max Bear who Max Bear has killed people in the ring and people I love the scene where they end up right before the fi- big fight they, they end up being at the same restaurant and then he comes over uh, Max Bear comes over to him and it's almost like they I don't know if Craig Burkio was was this tall or maybe they gave him lifts but there's a scene where he's looking down at him at the restaurant he's like he's like you need to back out of this fight I will kill you in that ring he's, and I'm not telling you this to scare you I'm telling you this because I'm concerned for you and your wife over there step down because I will kill he's you like, in the ring I don't have a choice I gotta <laughs> yeah, fight I gotta do it man I says I'm fighting for uh, for my family <laughs> it's here. like thunder lips yeah it's <laughs> like I, I know you don't need the money I need the money I mean Max mm. Bear had like the, the fur uh, coat the no, fur no, no. coats and two women on either sides yeah. and everything and this was an exciting movie man if you were a fan of the Rocky movies or, or Million Dollar Baby or all those boxing movies man this had because it was that and it was the Depression era movie so when I think the Depression my mind automatically goes to Cinderella Man there probably was better Depression movies out there that I don't know about I wonder if Tarantino got uh inspiration for that character in the Inglorious Bastards, the Bear Jew, because oh, yeah, yeah. Bear was Jewish. Yeah, yeah. He's the best Jewish fighter ever. Yep. Oh, maybe. And he, he looked it was just around like, that same, he looked just like Eli Well, Ross. 41, and this was like, when was Depression? 30? 29. 29, yeah. And it lasted how long? It was like four or five years. Four or five years. Oof. From the brutal, late, late 20s I mean, people are dealing 30s. with similar stuff like that I mean, we, like really right only, we didn't even really come out of it until the World War, yeah. until 41. Like in the early 40s, like the 30s was rough. Still, I mean, what people are dealing with now is probably the closest thing that we've had since no, that depression. We're not. Even I mean, close there's to well, it obviously, it's not as extreme, but people are hungry. People are like people out of work hungry, and they're hungry they're and they're work. not making things uh, work. They need these these stimulus. 
and I tell my girl all the time, it says, if you're going to shut down the economy, you need to, you need to, a surplus of money to give to people because they can't just live with that. People don't have people. Most people live paycheck to paycheck. Like, oh, just use your savings. Yeah. Use your savings. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's gone. That was gone. That was gone June. years, years ago. <laughs> yeah. So the, these fat cats, like not working things out in Congress just pisses me off. Oh, I'm going to use my stimulus on golf equipment. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you wonder what I'm going to buy I was comic in. books. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, boom, and I'm starving. <laughs> I will. I'll buy that wood bridge instead of the uh, instead of the Jim Beam. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bought I bought fancy bourbon yesterday. Fancy bourbon. I was it a, that stuff that Justin had? Uh, I've been meaning to buy a bottle of that. What was it? The wood Woodbridge. Uh, was it Woodbridge or Woodford? Woodbridge. Was it? I took a picture of it. So it, I, we had it during our Halloween pod, and it was it it's was good. it was good. It didn't have that uh, that like whip your head back kind of disgusting i don't even know what that is yeah anymore. yeah see you don't have that i don't i have that you and eric are, are jim beam pros <laughs> i have a i have a fifth of jim beam that's been well i tell you what months. this is and I'm, last night was a not atypical but more atypical than normal like i told my wife i was like hey, this is why we have to stop drinking bourbon because <laughs> we we're getting ready to eat dinner and we were both completely sober and we had drinking half of the fifth oh jesus yeah after and, i feel it after one shot we probably had seven shots each. Yeah, yeah, be careful. Like, yeah, be careful with that. You need that because we were having a fire. Oh, the reason why we but had if so you're many gonna shots, d- you got to the electricity went out. Oh, yeah, for two hours. Oh, that's just we made a fire outside and sat around the fire and drank bourbon for yeah. two hours yeah. until this power came back on. Yeah, I mean that's what people do to keep warm. <laughs> you know, I mean up north, that's I got. Uh, it doesn't actually keep. It just makes you think you're warm, and then, <laughs> and then the blood is? like yeah. leaves your. And then Even you, with like cognac and stuff, I thought there was something. What was it, it no. they give to like Beethoven fe- and shit? This little thing. It just fe- <laughs> makes you feel like you're warm. <laughs> it, then you get frostbite because you don't cover up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cinderella Man, such yeah. a fantastic film. Check it out. All right, the next one. This is one of your favorites, man. Yeah, top 25 uh, for Top sure. 25. This is probably on my top 100. It's not my top 25, but I, I definitely love it. Great true story. Uh, 2008's Frost Nixon. A lot of people don't know who even David Frost is. You know, David Frost. Yeah. A, I mean, he was BBC. Australian, right? I thought he was British. Wasn't he a British? Uh, I think he was. I he think, could have been Australian. I think he was Australian. In, in yeah, he might have been British working in Australia. Yeah. Because they kind of, uh, they're they're. Buddies. So he was a he was just like a who would you compare him to? I he mean, was a he was TV like almost, personality. He was, but he had like a Jimmy Fallon type Tonight Show yeah, over there. It wasn't yeah. anyone that you would expect do to do the job. He wanted that they hired to, do to do that type. Of, he he thought he was good enough to be that caliber of a Dan Rather yeah. interviewer, and, so he, and he got he, a job of a lifetime basically, or, or a uh, well he he literally went out and got the money himself. Yeah, he lobbied to for this. get this interview. He knew everybody. Well, we're, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Tell us what who they were okay. interviewing. Yeah. Well, Frost Nixon. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, do you think? Jack we Frost. Already, <laughs> we already said David Frost. <laughs> so, Richard Nixon. Yep. Out of office. Out of office. Yeah. For how many years? Couple, right? Few. Who was notoriously money hungry. Yep. He had been pardoned at this yep. point, obviously. Kevin Bacon, also in the movie, yeah. came back. Yep. A great cast, yeah, really good cast. Good period piece. The, like the guy from great... uh, Death at a Funeral was uh, was in it. He was one of the guys on the crew. Sam Rockwell, Oliver Frank Platt, Langella, Frank Lan- Langella, really, really good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Nixon, best said Skeletor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or Dracula, or I love Frank Langella, but he's he's got some weird choices. He's... You go back in his catalog, yeah, he's Ninth been all Gate, over the map. Ninth Gate's one of Eric's favorite movies, and I can never really? get into it, man. I try, I try it the... like every couple of years. Is that the uh, Johnny Depp one? 
Yeah, the Johnny Depp one, he's trying to get him, like, the, yeah. the devil's book and everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought it just ended all of a sudden. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, that happens? I think that was Polanski, too. Uh, it, uh, oh, we had critters running. Critters. <laughs> um, Nixon, brilliant man. Yeah. Obviously divisive. Really good, uh, like, debater. Inter- debater and an interviewer, too. Yeah. So well, he, he not, thought he could not handle Not as much everything. an in- interview as much as a debater. Yeah. Like, I can spin... Yeah, he was whatever I'm talking about. He was the king of that, really. And uh, so, it, so a lot of people wanted that wa- interview. Yeah, it was yeah. well, he had Sam Rockwell. They wanted him to apologize yeah. and say that Vietnam was a mistake. Yeah. That literally, that's all that the yeah. people that he was trying to get. And who was the girl from um, Red Eye that was on? This? Oh, was she in this? Who? I didn't think that was her. I the one that uh, they that David Frost brought to the interview. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't her. Uh, that was uh, damn. I'll look her up while you talk. <laughs> I'm gonna do the Wayne's World. No, 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 no you got this. So, Tell us about the interview. So he had to come up with a deposit, and he literally like couldn't get, remember. He couldn't. He was having trouble getting networks to carry the interview because he wanted to sell commercial time. He thought he could make a lot of money while delivering. I just remember them going out to um, Nixon's compound right on the coast of California, overlooking the. Rocks yeah. and cliffs. It was beautiful. It was good. And uh, they set up like six days worth of interviews, an hour long each. And they had like, they had like, a, a uh, itinerary. Yeah. Like we're gonna talk about X for this three long. days. It was like three days. Right? Was it? I thought it was six. Oh, it might have been six. But but it was like a Let, spread out over a month or two. But what was weird and in, in on the tale of uh, Cinderella Man, there was a good boxing kind of element to this movie you know where they were the the debate oh, between yeah, them yeah, yeah. was almost like exactly. go back to your uh corner and, and you know like you let him off the hook like yep. he's let him he totally he had it right there yeah like he let that him first day nixon destroyed yeah, frost yeah. like they were like oh this is gonna be a mistake but the greatest he's gonna control part this. of that movie in which i went and found out that was true is nixon got drunk yeah and really did call, call him all the time right? yeah. and sort of gave away his whole game plan yeah. And, like, he didn't remember it, that uh-huh. he had done that. So the girl is uh, Rebecca Hall. She was uh, famous for The Town and The Prestige. That's, the Prestige. What, that's what she was in. Yeah. yeah, she was really good in this. She just played somebody that he met on the airplane. And that was said, a fan of That was a fan, but wanted him, to but tag like, along. And, uh, like he was a fancy dresser. And, yeah. you know. He, I, I love the... She, uh, Liked that he the was... Oliver Platt and the Sam Rockwell character oh, yeah. and the guy from mm-hmm. Death at a Funeral were, were all three of them were really really good in this movie man they they just wanted to nail Nixon yeah. and uh, Kevin Bacon played the uh, Secret Service guy that was uh, yeah that was with mm-hmm. Nixon because a lot of people yeah. don't know that once the president's out feel bad for the Secret Service people that have this job remember uh, he made now... fun of I remember him making fun of his shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Those are pretty flamboyant shoes. And he got him a pair, remember? Yeah. At the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a very talking movie. You know, it was yeah. all dialogue. You know, there was nothing, there was no excitement or stuff that happened and everything. But the, the, I I guess I can't say excitement because that interviews were the interviews more exciting. Were exciting man, because David Frost basically got his ass handed to him like every on. day until like the last yeah. day, man. And the last and it, day, but, that's when the punches it, started coming. Yeah. And it was like. It, it was. It really was kind of like boxing because all Nixon had to do was outlast saying what he needed to say for the amount of time that he was trying to say it, and he would have walked away without having to, you know. I mean, he really shouldn't even have taken the interview, basically. Well, he, I, but he, he was money. money. He didn't yeah. even need the money. Remember, how he was money hungry. Yeah, because they paid him like 
$400,000 or something for this. It's crazy. And back then, too, what was this, like 70-something? or Yeah, uh, 70, yeah. early 70s, yeah. or mid mid to late 70s, yeah. probably. It was exciting. It was, it was a great, great movie, man. And uh, he, he, when you're playing a real-life character like that, it all comes down to casting. Studying and Lang Jella just yeah. nailed it, man. It was one of the best movies that he had ever done. I don't know if he got nominated for it. I mean, it was made for, for him because he sort of looked like him. He had yep. the prospects. Uh, yep. And he did the better. he did the voice really well. I mean, a lot yeah. of people can do Nixon and everything. I, I like the one that uh, Dan Henja did in uh, Dick. Do you remember? I'm not a crook. <laughs> I'm not a crook. <laughs> Everybody yeah. does that yeah, line. It's, 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 it's good, but yeah, it was very believable. He was a crook, man. by the way. Yeah, he was a, he was a crook. <laughs> but I think Trump has is, is redefined <laughs> yeah, the, what it means The bar is a little He's higher like, oh, now. you broke into the Democratic National oh, Convention's office. And yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Hold this. I, <laughs> yeah. I got you one better. I got you. <laughs> and that movie, I can't wait to see those movies coming out, man, because there's going to oh, be shitloads of them, I man. Tried to, I tried to do a coup on the the United States. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. It's still happening, too. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah. not out of the woods yet. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I hear a black helicopter coming for me and Paul right now. So... Let's go to this last one, which I'm surprised that Dave did not uh, like as much, and I'm very eager to find out why. This is our last one here is 2013's Rush, which I really enjoyed. I, I love it. It's the true story of Nicky Lauda, uh, brilliantly played by Daniel. Uh, shit, I mean, his I, name? I, it wasn't. It, it was my Bull. least favorite movie the here. The the guy from Inglorious Bastards, Daniel Bruhl, was great. He's awesome. He was good yeah. in this movie. He's awesome in everything. He played General Zemu in the Marvel movie, so he played a, a Marvel villain, and he's good at that because he's got that like stoic kind of face. And like Inglorious Bastards, he was awesome in that. He was only in that scene at the uh, at the pub, wasn't he? Was the one that no. figured it out right in the no, pub? No, he was the he was the guy in the they were making the movie about okay okay who he was, was the, the guy one in the, in the tower who was the guy in the pub that figured him out oh, he was just a nobody he was a nobody yeah yeah well he's oh, a man. somebody he's a somebody <laughs> he was in inglorious fastest we weren't <laughs> quit and picked me motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that scene with him yeah he, he plays very like stoic in a, apparently he fell in love how... with that french girl remember yeah that's right the, that's right in the theater and he got him that's to switch right the, that's right he got him to switch the venues yeah. man i need to rewatch that again oh, i loved inglorious that last part of that movie is really ridiculous yeah it was but that's kind of like was the the prelude to uh, Once Upon a Time in uh, in Hollywood mm-hmm. when we were like, oh, Quentin just has decided he can change yeah. he can change history in his movies, and that took us all for a loop because Inglorious Masters, if you hadn't seen it, I mean, spoiler alert, but they killed they Hitler, killed Hitler. The and Gearing <laughs> and and all the other SS. Oh my God, it was so funny, and and that's mm-hmm. when he it must have put it in his head. He was like, holy shit, I can really do this. <laughs> He watched Trump. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe he should be doing the Trump thing, and then Trump commits suicide in office or something like that, and that's the way it would work with Quentin. Um, okay, so tell me about it. So, this basically, is... it comes down to one thing: I can't stand Helmsworth. Hemsworth can't stand yeah, him. Really, cannot stand him. But you're not going to like him in the Hulk Hogan movie, then, probably. The only thing I've ever even was like giggled at or thought was funny was that fake trailer. For the crocodile, oh, yeah, Dundee. Yeah, yeah. I think he's funny because I've I watched him on all, all the Thor stuff. I've I just seen can't him. stand like him when he became screen. Fat Thor in the uh, the Avengers two. Uh, uh, that Avengers Endgame was so. I great, mean, man. he's had his he's lived his life on oh, superhero yeah, yeah. movies, right? Uh, well, Thor. I mean, he's done a lot of other movies besides that, but those are that's what brought the that's money in for sure. Bread. And now the Hogan one is going to be. The Hogan he'll probably one. be fun, at, and I'll probably like him in it. But from what I hear, that was the character, you know, yeah, in, in this movie. Yeah, I just didn't like him. He just played I didn't the, like him. Every yeah. scene he was in, every time I saw his face, every time oh, he you acted, didn't like him when he beat up that reporter because that was the best scene I didn't like him, man. I just did not yeah. like him. 
Like it, it took me so much out of the I movie. I mean, so, some actors I just don't like. I, yeah. I agree with that. Like every once in a while, I get totally like irritated with Robert Downey Jr. He's good. He's he's great in everything he's in. But every once in a while, I'm like, I just can't stand him. So I'm not gonna take that away from you. Uh, but the story itself was an amazing story about these two competing uh, race like, car uh, What it's it was Formula, Formula One. One, Formula One racing, and specifically Nicky Lauda, who. Uh, famously got in a horrible wreck, horrible mm. wreck, and and burned like what sixty percent of At his least. body and uh, a lot of his face, his ear was gone and everything, and it was basically telling the rival between him and uh, what was the other guy's uh, Hemsworth's character names, uh, James Hunt. So James Hunt and Nicky Lauda, one of the biggest rivalries uh, apparently in Formula One racing or in any racing, for that matter. And one was I mean like, the crazy thing about Formula One is. Especially they back do those then, street races, it was dangerous. Those Grand Prix yeah. are when it, when you say Grand Prix, that's usually around a, a city street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they blocked off. Absolutely. So you got to come. You have turns and oh. stops, and and you're pushing the limit mm-hmm. to take this turn you at right a certain tires, mile, wrong tires, all that or stuff. Just a certain mile an hour, and yeah. and it's not like NASCAR. We just drive in circles for. And I think the Formula One cars now hours. have a little bit more head protection above it. They were it was like completely open yeah. back then when they were doing this race. So it was based on a true story and everything, and they just fueled each other. You know, it was one of those. But he was. A it was prick. one of those healthy Lauda rivals. Prick. Yeah, he was a prick, and like. and. James Hunt for a lot was he was a playboy prick. He was a prick he that was, was a prick, just had a lot of women, prick. and he was charismatic, and people liked him and everything. And he was he was good looking and That's everything. Nicky Lotta, people made fun of him because he kind of looked like a rat. You know, he had the the teeth thing, and then he was just an asshole to people. And he was like, why why am I going to lie to you? You know, th- this is what it is. This yeah. is why I'm going to win. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And uh, this is he even told his father that he, he's like, yep, this is what I'm going to do, I'm, and you're going to regret not backing me later. You know basically bought his way into uh, a lot of his stuff because he had money and everything but the racing was amazing one of my favorite scenes is when and this was what was surprising when, i didn't when even, he gets i in, couldn't even finish it oh you couldn't finish it you watch the accident i watched the accident okay the, the accident, i knew the story yeah when he was uh, man i loved it i i thought this was a great movie uh but the the scene where he's in the hospital and he's getting the skin grafts remember they're sucking the stuff out of his lungs yeah. and he's watching james hunt because they were yeah. still on that what do they call it the uh uh Qualifying. The, the well, the, it goes on throughout the whole year. Like if you're out of a like four races, you're you're just going backwards yeah. and everything. And he got into the one of the worst crashes ever in Formula One, and he just couldn't wait to get back in. And he came back like six weeks later. But while he was in the hospital and getting his his lungs basically vacuumed out, and you're seeing the shit they're pulling out of his lungs, he's staring at the screen and watching James Hunt win the race, which is just like boosting him up. Like I gotta get back in there. I gotta I gotta friggin do this man but Sounds I, like, it reminds me of uh it's completely off topic but i um the drummer for uh def leopard yeah 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 he got in rick Allen and just got and right back lost on his it. arm and in the hospital yep. he was like i think i can do my left arm parts with my feet yeah. and they're like get better yeah yeah it's like yeah get better yeah when Your people drumming are days driven, are over. And he's I can like, no, appreciate no, 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 people no. that are that driven, yeah. you know, and they just, I need to do it. If I lost an arm, I'd, be a, I'd go and play one-arm golf. Yep, I'd be that guy, you I'd know. I'd be I mean, the guy that 
was the best one arm golfer. Yep. I mean that you have an opportunity now to come back a better person after. I might it. cut one of my arms <laughs> off just to be a I professional might be like, golfer. I'll cut it off for you. We're doing it afterwards. <laughs> we'll do a documentary about it. This is so committed to being a Did professional. Did you hear golfer. about the brother that cut his other brother's arm off yeah, because he wanted so he to be play? Yeah. <laughs> Those uh, guys are committed. It started here. You heard it here you first. Heard it. Episode 167. Uh, is that where we're at? 167. Something like that's that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the hey, scene if though. You, if you're someone that's heard every single episode. Yeah. Send us a comment <laughs> yeah. and tell us that. Even Please. if you didn't, just lie to us. <laughs> You're gonna get so many comments from Justin. <laughs> yeah. No, and not you, Justin. Not you, Justin. you don't <laughs> count. I mean, you count. You don't count in our total of <laughs> listener. You're on the inside. You're on the inside guy. One of my favorite scenes for the movie because you're, you're watching these guys have like these this bitter rival where they you. They don't hate each other. But it's not a movie that's not worth seeing. I don't want to oh, yeah, yeah. tell people it, that. The, the racing I just, was incredible. I just incredible. couldn't stand Helmsworth. Yeah, if you're a Helmsworth fan, you'd probably love it. I, I, mean, like, oh, uh, I just can't watch this guy anymore. Yeah, maybe you'll like him as Hogan, but maybe. Uh, uh, and that should be great because of all, the, all, the, all the ancillary <laughs> characters that are in it and everything. I saw but, him work out. Oh, yeah, with the tire? Yeah. Did you see his arms? Did you yeah. see what uh, yeah. Hogan had to tweet yeah. him? Hogan's like, you're there, brother. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> he says, you don't need to work out anymore. It's almost more than... T- you got 28-inch pythons, not the 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of my favorite scenes in this movie, because they've got this rival and everything, and you and you think that they're like, they hate each other, but they they really don't. They, they're using the other guy to help them push themselves. I mean, and there's a great scene you after the accident uh, where James Hunt is watching the people interview um, uh, Nikki Lauda, and one of the guys brazen enough says, uh, "How does your life, wife gonna stay with you when you when you look so disfigured now and you're so ugly?" And people are like, "What the fuck?" And and the, uh, Nikki Lauda is like, "Is that the type of question you're gonna ask?" And then. The interviewer leaves, and uh, Helmsworth grabs him and throws him in a room and beats the fuck out of him and doesn't mention it to anybody. He just punches the fuck out of him repeatedly in the face till it knocks his teeth out and shit and just walks out of the room. And that was like, no one, you're not going to make fun of my my rival. Yeah, he's if my anyone, golden he's, pony. He's my guy. I can't. Yeah. Anyone's going to make fun if of him, anybody's it's going to be me. Anybody's going to yeah. kill that guy, it's going to be me. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the uh, the brother that bullies his, his younger brother and then see, and gets angry at someone else bullying him. He says, no, that's my bitch right there. <laughs> type of deal and it, it was as far as a like healthy rival between two really talented uh drivers it was really fun to watch i'm, I'm a sucker for some race car drivings because i, I don't have that in me i don't want to race cars i don't care about fast cars i care about my car starting and getting me to the store that's all i care, I care about. about my wife on the other hand putting my seatbelt on and living through my experience my wife on the other hand would be she would love to take she's got like a go to vegas uh, she's got like a high profile can... kind of uh fast turbo car and she wants to bring it to a track my wife too yeah she just wants to <laughs> let it open in the track because she's she, you can go to vegas yeah. for like 500 bucks and do like two laps yeah. in a she wants to use her own car she wants to use her own car she just wants to be able to go to a track and i'm sure that's easier i'll than, tell you what renting a, uh, one of the more stupid the things Speedway that i did in my life is um maria bought her car and one of the first times she let me drive it we went out to hawthorne there's a couple of straightaways yeah yeah I, and i got it up to 140 Ooh. That's you know, and we saw deer on the side of the road, ah. and I was like, okay, that's <laughs> all right, it. That's, done. that's all I want to do. Yeah. No, I did doing. that with one of my cars. I got it up to like uh, I got one of my cars up to like 120 on Parker Road 
once time in Gainesville when I first got it. I, yeah. Me and Matt drove it out. And we were yeah. like, let's let's do this shit. Not Matt, my brother, Fat Buds. And uh, I got it to 120, and I was like, yeah, that's the last time I do that. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's faster than you think it is. <laughs> but it's capable. 90 is for fast. Sure. 90 is fast. So, so 140 120 in, in this car, and 140, obviously, and I'm hyped speedy mustang is like insane so i have mad props for how, how fast they going in formula one i mean they, on the straightaways they, on straightaways i don't know if they reach nascar speeds nascar speeds are typically 200 That's average insane you you don't even know 180 what to 200 like. average 200 you you don't even know it we were behind a tesla a couple weeks ago have you seen the tesla do the crazy thing where they just it's like no. zero to 60 and 1.2 seconds yeah. it, it's and rogan talks about it because he has one he's he's like it's it's not it almost doesn't seem real you're not in a car you're in like some toy and it's yeah it's like a rocket ship he says it's almost defies the laws of physics that you can do it and it, it, but you almost it. shouldn't allow certain people to do it because they don't you don't want to like just go to ludicrous speed. <laughs> ludicrous you don't want to go to ludicrous speed on, on a city street <laughs> <laughs> what do we got in this thing a cuisinart oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I i liked it i liked it uh yeah obviously Fair enough it, it's not uh if you have a problem with a specific actor from a movie nothing's gonna nothing's gonna make yeah, it easy it could, for you it, it could have been an Oscar award the, winner. There's a lot of uh, actors that I had problems with when they were younger, and then I kind of warmed up to them later. Like I, I, I'm not a big Julia Roberts fan. I'm not a big Robert Downey Jr. fan, but obviously I, I can appreciate there Robert Downey Jr. playing uh, uh, Tony Stark. Obviously, he did a good job of it, but uh, the, the certain things that it just irk me about certain people. Then everyone has it. My my wife can't stand Mark Wahlberg, but she'll still watch him. In I have some movies where I think the actress is great, and you know who I'm talking about. But I can't. I don't like her, Jodie Foster. Oh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, you just don't like her. I just huh? don't like her. Yeah, I she's a great actress. Yeah, I just or the president's wife from Twenty Four. Yes, I hate that bitch, but I love her. <laughs> she's different. <laughs> I like her. She's did she play Condoleezza in the uh, W? Maybe I don't know. I don't know what she's done after Twenty Four. She would have been perfect, Condoleezza Rice, if that's who she did play. I'm not sure. I'd have to look her up. But uh, yeah, there's certain actors, you know that. I was watching Dirty Rock. I was watching Dirty Rock. I had a corner of my eye the other day. Maria's rewatching it. Yeah. And someone was playing Condoleezza Rice. And I was like, wait a minute. Is that Condoleezza Rice? She's like, yeah. Oh, (laughs) playing herself. She played herself on like a couple of episodes. Yeah, that's a very 30 Rock thing to do to have the actual people come in there. I was like, that's That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, she's pretty good, Condoleezza Rice. Not not as good as the one in W, but. So yeah, that's uh, that's Ron Howard, man. So yeah, we obviously we didn't mention Da Vinci Code, Far and Away, The Paper. There's a lot of Ron Howard movies out there uh, that, and they're all good, man. You know, and Solo, obviously, check Solo. Justin still hasn't seen Solo, and I think he would. Both of you guys would really enjoy it. I'll have to lend it to you sometime. Did you watch that House of Jack Bill yet? Not yet. Not yet. What are you waiting for, man? Come on. It's a good Christmas I, movie, I, right I, there. I had four <laughs> movies this week to watch. <laughs> oh, do you? No, I did already. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, now you got nothing for uh, for at least a couple of weeks. So I'm gonna catch up on my yeah, golf. Videos. Catch up on that uh, on that uh, house that Jack built, man. Really good. I just uh, and Tenant. Uh, we had talked about you, before. You that. ruined me for that movie. You came out and said something outrageous stuff about it before you even saw it. What's that? 
the house of Jack. Uh, oh, the house Jack built. Yeah, but it was way different than I thought it okay. was going to be. Like I said, it wasn't exactly right. what I th- said it was going to be. Uh, Tenant just watched Tenant this week. It'll be on our 2020 pod. It was it was phenomenal. Uh, but I had told Dave and I had told Justin. I said I think it's going to take at least four viewings to be able to completely understand Which what means the fuck I watched. Which means one person's going to take. Like uh, Robert six Pattinson or eight. was amazing was in he? it. Yeah, he used his British accent and everything, and you can really tell he stole every scene he was on. He just has a commanding presence, like. And you, after watching that, you were like, "All right, I totally see him being Batman. He's really good on it. I, I think he stole every scene." And the uh, the main guy, uh, damn, I can't remember his name. It's like David. It's like he's got one of those three names: uh, David, John, something. He was the guy from Black Klansman, uh, the main David guy from Black Foster Klansman. Lynch. David, David something. David Washington. David John Washington, maybe something like that. He was Black Klansman. That's a good movie. Black Klansman was a great movie, and he was awesome in it. But this tenant, so good, man. Uh, I'm the guy, the, the, Michael Caine came in. Michael Caine's just starting to look old, man. Just starting to look yep. old. No, I don't think he. When you watch him at the Alfred, he seems he seems like he's all there and everything. When he in Tenet, he only was in it for probably six minutes. Prop him up. He would no. <laughs> he was only in it for six minutes, but it's the first time that I ever saw him, and I was like, wow, Michael Caine's starting to look old. Uh, and he's old. I mean, not, the motherfucker's got to be in like eighty-five or something like that, if not even older, man. At least. Uh, he was doing movies in the early 70s when he was yeah. I mean, him in, in his 20s. Him, uh, <clears throat> I'm telling you, we need to get out of 2020 without uh, Gene Hackman, Clint Eastwood, or, or Michael Caine dying, man. They're three, well, of the, three of the big Jason icons. Day, <laughs> don't, have don't you put that left. shit on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah, we had just, uh, who did we just lose, man? We just lost uh, Tony Lister, man. Uh, Tommy Lister. Tony. Tommy. I think Tony. his name is Tommy. Yeah, I looked it up because I thought it was Tony for the longest time. Let me look it up real I'm quick. I don't want to get Tony. his name wrong. Tom. It's Tommy. I thought it was Tony for the longest time also. Yep. Tom Lister Jr., we just died, who a lot of people know as Debo. We had just talked about him. I had announced our list of uh, character actors that we're going to do next week, and he was one of the, uh, he's on the list of the character actors me and jo- uh, Justin are going to talk about. So it'll be really uh, uh, interesting. He's done a hell of a lot more movies than you think he's done, man. I had to, like, I gave, uh, when we're doing those lists, I usually pick one actor where I list a shitload more than normal, and I, I did that with, uh, with, uh, uh, Tiny Lister, man. I've been watching him since uh, since he was Zeus in WWF, man. And some of his early flicks, you forget that he was even in, man. He's such a uh, accomplished. He's, president. he's got like 200 movies under he his belt, man. man. I mean, yeah. He played the president better than the president. So. Way better. <laughs> I trust him. I'd vote for Tony. I'd vote for him now. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we're going to do next week. Next week, uh, probably nope. dropped on... Uh, uh, the day after Christmas, I think it's going to drop, unless I can get it cut before then, and maybe we'll drop it on Christmas because Christmas falls on a Friday this year, right? Yes. Yep, Friday. And uh, it's going to be a character actor one, and then uh, we might do one more before the 2020, but that's coming up, and we're going to do a great uh, trivia episode where we're going to see uh, see what kitschy thing Dave and Justin can uh, fight over uh, in our big trivia challenge. I think Justin's 2-0 and on that, so you gotta uh, you got to... They're auctioning off spots to blow up Trump's I hotel. That. I saw that. Can you get us in, in <laughs> that, on that That would deal? be a great prize. 
I get to pull the trigger. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so we got a lot of good stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, hopefully uh, we got a vaccine uh, showing up soon. Yeah, so I told Justin, I said, we're going to have to, once we all have it and it's like well over, we're going to have to have a run where we have some it's special like guests on the pod. Yeah, it'll probably be May or June before everyone starts having it. And I think it's going to be at least April until uh, we, we're getting it at like uh, Walgreens and CVS and shit like that. Before that, you're going to have to go someplace to get it. Uh, I'm, so. hoping, I'm hoping the UF gives it to. Yeah, I mean it's it's in town. There's spo- for sure. Their spouses in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I'm gonna have to contact my uh, my uh, doctor and be like, hey, because they know obviously I have asthma. And I'm in like one of those groups, so like, oh, yeah. when when can Play I get that it? shit up, man? Yeah, sign it up. I want it. <laughs> so because everyone's about stir crazy now. I mean, most of it I'm enjoying just being able to stay at home. I'm I'm a introvert anyway, so it's your a lot, life's it's a lot easier. Totally changed once you have this vaccine. <laughs> well, I gotta yeah. I mean, the only thing that affects me is not being able to travel, which kills me, man. Yeah. Because I like to travel at least once or twice a year, especially up north. But I mean, last year. Uh, in the last 12 months, I had been to uh, Iceland and uh, Denver, man, and we were like, we were on a roll. We we're like, oh, we're gonna go to a different country and to a different state every year. You know, every year in a different state and different finally country. Finally got your passport. You're like, yeah, I finally got my passport and I got like uh, stamps on it and everything. And now, uh, yeah, no, it does me no good. Nope, nope. So no. hopefully that'll change soon. I think 2020, the end of 2020 is gonna be a good time, man. We're gonna see the economy boom. We're gonna see everyone come back. We're gonna, I don't. Movie theaters might. Uh, movie theaters will probably come away. back, but. If you don't, HBO Max, that's the way to do it. You heard about that, right? It, yeah, HBO reducing Max. them at the same time. I mean, Directors are not movies, happy about it, but... I get it. Pay me the same amount I, of money, and there's some movies I think you should see on the big screen. Well, I think what, the, what most people are pissed off is that they're not all getting the Gal Gadot, uh, the deal that she got, because they gave her her back end up front and said, we're putting uh, Wonder Woman on HBO Max, and you would have probably got $10 million afterwards, so we want you to pimp it on your social media. And we gave, Here's they, $10 million? Yep, and they gave her $10 million, and they gave the director but uh, $10 million. But I don't think they're giving that deal to like all the other people that are— Christopher uh, Nolan's not getting that deal. Yeah, well, he's pissed about it, and for sure. And uh, The Many Saints in Newark is going to come to HBO. That's the the prequel to The Sopranos. The, there's a whole list of different flicks. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, which is arguably the the one that everyone's upset about not being... If there's ever a big screen movie that you want to see, that would probably but be it. you could probably re-release it in the theater. I mean, what's the? that's what they're going to do. It's going to be After a month... Well, it's going to be a month on HBO Max, and then it's going to be removed, and it's going to go to the theater. And then it won't come back to HBO Max, yeah. from what I heard. So, like, Perfect. on... Christmas, like next Friday, I will be able to watch Wonder Woman 1984. I heard it was kind uh, of cheesy. I heard it like was like on purpose, though. Really? I like heard it not was, in a bad way. I heard it was good for sure. Uh, like in a big trouble in little China. Way. Maybe. Uh, I mean, Kristen <laughs> Wiig is the villain, so I'm very interested I, in seeing that. The reviews I saw was it. it it's the I heard it was cheesiness fun. I that we fun. need yeah. right now is what sort okay. of how it was sold. Yeah, I'm still so, I'm not caught up on the Mandalorian yet, which you probably haven't I've watched never any seen of it yet. A single it's one. really good. Really good. Yeah, for a Star Wars uh, fan, it's it's what everyone needed and wanted. I don't even so, know what I'm a fan of anymore. Yeah, I don't I'm watch a, a whole lot of TV. Real, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. You I know, like I watch real life uh, movies and uh, movies and old like '80s sitcoms that I don't have to pay attention to because there's so much that I'm doing uh, like on the computer or with my girl or or just around the house that I I, I watch replays of golf. If yeah. you want to know, well, how yeah. So that's my the thing. <laughs> like, I bought like I bought this mini uh, um, DVD player that has its own screen. So I can plug it in and play video games and and listen to wrestling in the background. I saw this. Uh, <laughs> I saw this thread yesterday. It was the the fifteen top fan rated golf movies. 
Oh, nice. Number one would surprise you. I could not you. name 15 Number one would surprise you. And you know, could you name 15? I couldn't because I, I didn't know half of the ones were on there. I could name probably Six eight, or seven. Maybe. But number one was yeah. Dead Solid Perfect. That is crazy. No one a, knows it about that. It was a that. true story. No one knows about that movie besides you it and was, me. It was a book. <laughs> yeah. And the, they made Unless it you're a, a golf fan or a huge movie fan or yeah. just happen to watch Cinemax back in the day because that's when we saw it. That was the one with uh, Randy Quaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. It was and good. If was, you were a golf fan, though, you'd take anything, you know, because yeah. there wasn't that many of them. I mean, I mean, Caddyshack, Caddyshack Two, Tin Cup, Tin Cup, Caddyshack Two. Uh, I don't even listen. What's to the golf Bobby uh, <laughs> Searching? Not the. It's a Bobby something. Uh, I want to say Searching Bobby Fisher, but that's the chess that's movie. That's the chess one. But it's something Bobby. Bobby. Legend of Bagger Vance. Bagger Vance. Yeah, that's what it is. Not Bobby. Bagger. <laughs> but the, I mean, after greatest, you get to that point, it gets difficult. The greatest to kinda... game ever played. Yeah, it gets was difficult. A... Fifteen, Jesus! I couldn't. Even, uh, no way in the there world. Was, that was, was a, a trivia. I would have been dead. <laughs> yeah, there was a Catherine Hepburn one or something too from back in the day. Oh, I remember the uh, the scenes from Aviator. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Jim, when they were uh, golfing and everything. Yeah, you're watching old ones though, huh? Mm. Yeah, still got the golf channel. Is that what it's? Uh, uh, YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I has guess YouTube. You got everything. Every old tournament. Yep. That's all you worth need. watching. I'm surprised they haven't uh, made that uh, a money thing yet. I mean, they do have the YouTube Red type of thing. We just no, got have... rid of. We just got rid of Hulu yesterday. Did you? Because they got rid of uh, CBS. And my girl is such a Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune fan. She's like, screw it. Where and, are they? Uh, Where well, are you getting? From we got now? Fubu, uh, it, which has got. Probably 20 more channels. Hulu didn't have AMC. It didn't have MTV. It didn't have a whole bunch of these things. And I was like, well, I have no allegiance to uh, Hulu. And then when we got Fubu, it looks exactly the same. The it's like Fubu copied the uh, the Hulu like live stuff and the DVR. And I was like, well, that was an easy. Why fix. reinvent the wheel if someone yep. else is doing it well? Yep, that's the thing. You know, the streaming companies are going to come out and they're going to do cheaper than the uh, than uh, the big dogs. So the, the way. Th- that some of them are making some good business moves is the ones that partner together. Like yep. The Disney Plus and the in the HBO. Yep. Like Hulu the, Plus the, and HBO and, and Hulu with Sprint was doing it because when I yeah. had Hulu, mm-hmm. I, it came out of my Sprint bill. I would yeah. pay for my phone and Hulu at the same time. Yeah. So now it's going to be separated. But whatever. I mean, as long as I don't have cable. Cable's a friggin' cable's evil. It's cable's just stupid. I'm surprised it's even a thing anymore. Yeah, I I don't think it is. And, and probably five years. I hope you die, be. cable. I die, cable. Cox, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people listen to know what Cox is. <laughs> they're, they're having all of the thoughts right now. <laughs> C-O-X. <laughs> all right. Cox, you suck Cox. <laughs> that's, that's our clip. <laughs> Cox, you suck Cox. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to get a hold of us before next week's pod, you can uh, you can hit us up on Facebook uh, where you can check out all the uh, the compilation photos that we uh, put on where you can uh, set, shoot us an email films at gmail.com or you can leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms uh, which are SoundCloud and iTunes and uh, we would greatly appreciate it. You can come to Paul's house as long as you don't have a religious query. Yeah, no religious queries and you got to stay 10 feet apart from me. You can yeah. sit right out back and uh, listen we'll watch to the movies. pod. You can watch through the screen. Door. <laughs> watch through the screen. I told Justin, I said, that's how we're going to play video games. I have those wireless controls. You can that's sit right. out back of the window and we can, <laughs> we can rock and roll. crazy from uh, the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. What the hell is that guy doing? <laughs> is he peeping at Tom? I think he like, is. With a chair? <laughs> <laughs> is that a controller in his hand? <laughs> uh, Remember when we used to... I, this is a funny story. It'll take two seconds. <laughs> we had cable. Mm. And... The remote controls. Oh, I know where this is going, and it frustrates me already. <laughs> you remember sitting in mom's <laughs> yeah. watching, and I took the neighbor's uh, remote, control. remote control, 
and I came to the window. Doesn't seem like it should be able to work, but it did. It did. And I would switch the channel on you and shut it off, and you'd get up. I'm like slamming the remote in my hand, thinking there's a problem with the remote. I was losing it. I did it it to mom and dad a bunch of times. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Until I think I, I heard you laughing outside. Yeah, I think I that's what happened. Myself yeah, I think that's what had happened. I was like, "Oh, was, that motherfucker!" It was, it was literally the best prank. Yeah. And it's funny because I pulled a lot of pranks. I hate pranks now. Like, Prank, the only good pranks are harmless ones, you know. No, I don't even like yeah. any. I don't even like pranks. No, no, I don't do that to my wife. She appreciates that. She loves me yeah. more because I don't prank her. The same probably yeah. with my wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And because. One of my good friends, Wallace, yeah. is still one of the friends that I stay in touch with. Yeah. He's a notorious prankster. Yeah. Oh, God. And I, I told him up front, I said, dude, Don't I, do it. I hate pranks. Yeah. I said, you want to get my bad side? Yeah. You're going to be pulling one on me. But yeah, yeah. that's my gift to my wife. I won't prank you. <laughs> Our dad pulled some really mean pranks. Oh, uh, the worst one the worst was the lottery one. one. Yeah, he, 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 told, he woke me up yeah. and told my mom at night that he had hit the Massachusetts State Lottery. And what we didn't know at the time is when you, they started printing tickets with the winning numbers on yeah, it the yeah. next day. So people could come in and grab uh, the little form yeah. and it would show the winning ticket. So he went and got one of those and then got the day before his paper yeah. that showed the winning number. And he must have hidden the date from us. And he let us believe for way too yeah, long. That's the problem. With like that. way yeah. too long. Like, like you had it spent. Like I was already. <laughs> I had, I had already bike. new golf clubs. <laughs> I bought a new car in my head. Uh, we no. Were, that's that's the reason that that's not a good idea. That's a shitty. That's a shitty prank. That's probably why I don't like pranks. Yeah, yeah. Damn, Dad, what'd you do to me? <laughs> well, on that, we will, we are not pranking you next week. Next week will be the character actors number seven. That's our seventh character. Seventh character <laughs> actors. A really great list of character actors next week. They're not in short supply, so we're going to be talking about a lot of that, and then we got some exciting stuff coming afterwards. So, until then, see ya. Bye. So at this moment, I think it's important that I see all of your breasts. Or I don't have to. I don't see the breasts. Okay.